The doctor can bring a show to you. Fans of Masher, Silver and Gold podcast featuring Pickle. <laughs> anyway, um, I just wanted to get a show out. Uh, busy time of the year, and. Um, uh, I came home this morning, and instead of uh, wasting all morning just doing stupid shit, I thought uh, I've been watching some movies, and it's almost Christmas time. Been kind of lazy about doing the show, um, but here is one for you. Um, it's going to be kind of informal, which you know how my informal shows are. They're pretty jumbled. I did think it was funny that uh, the Mandy show uh, got a little bit of uh, um, a little bit of guff. I haven't listened to it since we recorded it, um, so the feedback that we got, which I thought was kind of funny, about uh, the uh, the Mandy episode, and uh, the listener was two hours and forty five minutes into the show, and we hadn't talked about Mandy yet. I kind of vaguely remember that, and almost saying, "Hey, let's just uh, cover it next time." But uh, we hadn't done the show together in so long that that we kind of got off track and uh, and and we're uh, kind of catching up and doing all that shite. Um, but anyway, I am going to just kind of uh, go over some of the stuff that uh, I've been watching. I don't know how far back I'm going to go. I'm just going to kind of wing it until, um, you know, I either have to go to sleep or um, what else? What else could possibly happen? But nothing's going on here. Um, It's been pretty uneventful, I think. I'm just trying to think. I'm just doing this totally on a whim. So I'm just trying to think of anything that's been going on that's uh, been remote. There hasn't been really every day... Or not every day, but I mean every day off that I have, I look uh, at the theater and think to myself, you know, th- th- I-, I like to go and see something, you know, go to the movies, have that movie ex- uh, theater experience and everything. But there really hasn't been anything that's really made me just want uh, to get get out there. I wanted to, I did want to go see the new Girl with the Dragon Tattoo movie. But for some reason, I put it off, and to be honest with you, I have heard absolutely nothing but crickets about that movie. I I didn't look up anything to see how it did or anything like that. So I guess I'm just going to wait for it to come out on um, the uh, digital download to check that out. And I would think that it would be, you know, probably pretty soon. There's some things that I missed um, here recently that are getting ready to come out or that just, like, Venom, and I think it was out about the same time, so... Uh, I want to see that just because I watched the other ones. Um, let's see. What else has been going on? I uh, I mean, absolutely, absolutely nothing is going on. Um, nothing 
spectacular, nothing exciting. Um, that's about it. Been uh, eating a lot of, uh, I don't know, raw stuff, raw vegetables, raw fish. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what else. This is a stupid conversation. Um, anyway, got some good water. There, I just proved it to you. Anyway, um, last night I took a uh, rewatch, went down the old uh, beaten path of a uh, movie that I've seen quite a few times, but I decided I wanted to revisit because I just because I think it's really good, and that is um, the Killing Fields. Um, this stars Sam Waterston, who I really like, um, and I just wonder sometimes what how his career his you know theatrical movie career would have been if he um would have not i i love the um series law and order and he was very successful on there but i mean that show was on forever and he was the main character so it was almost like james arness you know, uh, he made uh, uh, several movies and then got on Gunsmoke, and Gunsmoke ran for 20-plus years. Same thing with Sam Waterston. You know, um, I don't know if the first thing I saw him in was The Killing Fields, but I do remember him in uh, Rancho Deluxe with Jeff Bridges, and he was also in... Um, God, am I going to draw a blank? Heaven's Gate with Chris Christopherson and... Uh, Christopher Walken, the Chamino disaster, the debacle, the disaster. But anyway, The Killing Fields, um, I just really think this is a really good movie. It, it's it's one of those movies that, um, like I have said so many times before about documentaries, a good documentary, if it's done really well, can be entertaining and informative, and you can enjoy it even if you have no... Um, interest in the subject and I didn't I, I'm not going to say I didn't have any interest in the subject of you know what happened in Cambodia with Paul Pot and all that stuff but at the time especially when this first came out um, let's see this was 1984 I wasn't I was a senior in high school and I had seen you know movies about about Vietnam but you didn't there wasn't anything really about Cambodia other than like uh uh Willard in Apocalypse Now, you know, saying, uh, you know, here's where we're going on the map, and uh, the chief on the boat saying, that's Cambodia, Captain, you know, and knowing a little bit about that, but this is, this actually takes place, um, I think, like, 1975, uh, the majority of this, and it's it's after America has pulled out of Vietnam, and... um, uh, there's uh, the the communist uh, revolution is has you know went over into Cambodia and and everything so it's really informative and you really learn a lot plus uh, this is a true story and you get to see um, I'm trying to think what was the movie with John Savage he wasn't the star I, it may have been. Oh, I think that was um, Salvador, uh, uh, the uh, Oliver Stone movie, where John Savage was the um, the uh, uh, 
war photographer or whatever uh and that was the, the his well that whole thing was based on a true story too and the john savage character was a was a real guy and uh uh photographer who who went all over the the world take into war zones and place and and really dangerous places taking you know these great um shots of 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 you know and and informing you know the public of these things going on like in El Salvador and this is you know Sidney Shanberg um and when he was in um, Cambodia with Dip Dipthron was his uh Cambodian uh I don't want to say his like uh guide he sort of was a guide but he was a journalist too uh played by Hang Noor and also John Malkovich is in this, and Craig T. Nelson. Even though he was a, he has turned into a uh, an old, crazy conspiracy theory. You know, just a political, uh, the exact opposite of of me. I like Craig T. Nelson and a lot of the of the stuff that he did on on in, on TV and in the movies. And Spalding Gray is also uh, has a part in this, and uh, um, just re- been reminded by. Uh, one of the guys on Gentleman's Guide about the uh, ooh, the <laughs> that was me yawning, uh, but I, I I turned it into something else, a laugh. Um, he uh, had this um, spoken word thing that he did, uh, swimming tank uh, Cambodia, and um, I think Jonathan Demi, who was the director of Silence of the Lambs. Uh, you know, made a movie where it's basically Spalding Gray doing his spoken word about uh, his experiences in, in Cambodia, you know, making this movie and everything, giving like a, a history lesson of what happened, plus what happened when they were over there making the movie. Uh, Malkovich is really good in this. He doesn't have a uh, like a huge part, but he this is one of his uh, first things I think I remember him doing. Um but uh, I remember when this came out, and like I said, when I was in school, and it, I think it got well. It says th- uh, winner of three Academy Awards. Um, I didn't know anything about it, and I would see the trailer for it. And of course, this is one of the one of one of those movies that um, I think after it won the Oscar, then uh, it got a shitload more publicity, and they put it back out in the theater. So you know, oh, this is the movie that won all the Oscars and everything. But I would see the trailer, and I didn't know anything about the subject or anything. Yeah, sorry about that. My goddamn phone rang. I forgot to turn it off, and uh, none, it was nothing. I mean, uh, but uh, I thought maybe somebody would start chirping over my answering machine. Um, let's see what else. And I, th- I believe Hang Noor, was he murdered? The actor that played Dipron, or was it actually Dip Dipron? Okay, Hang Noor was murdered uh, in an open parking garage uh, of his home next to his car. Uh, is not not. Let's see, his car is not politically motivated. The murderers wanted the gold locket he uh, swore never to part with because. It was uh, where he put his wife's picture after her death, so that's kind of sucks ass, you know. That I remember when that happened, and it was pretty you know, kind of sad. Um, anyway, now the goddamn phone fucking fucked me up. But it's just one of those ones where I remember seeing the um, 
the trailer for it on TV or on Siskel and Ebert uh, when it was on uh, and seeing this movie and they would show like a scene from the movie had no idea about the subject matter had no idea what it was about didn't know who Sam Waterston was at the time and I was like okay who's this guy you know he's not like any big star or anything and what's this movie about so I just kind of chucked it uh, never never watched it and I think when it finally came when it came out on VHS I finally got to see it but this is a really good movie if you have not seen it give it give it a watch you can do no wrong by watching that movie um, next thing I have is Mission Impossible Fallout uh, starring Tom Cruise um, <laughs> oh, now I will say this okay um I want, I've watched all of these. The only one that I really didn't like was the second one that John Woo um, directed. And I think I've talked about that before. That Especially after the first one where Ethan Hunt is you know like a young guy. Uh, and then the second one, it's just like he suddenly became uh, like a superhero. He suddenly became almost like Wolverine from the X-Men or something and he has this real long hair and he's super cool and everything whereas the first one he was more he wasn't like that at all um in that one it was almost like the the second one was almost like a Fast and the Furious fucking movie or something which uh some of these other ones like this one had some some especially toward the end had some uh uh really unbelievable stuff as far as stunts go and it had me laughing out loud but still I enjoyed it um, you know it's not the greatest goddamn movie in the world I thought it was kind of it was a little bit long but um, you know I, I also laugh at you know how the Ving Rhames character who every one of these seems to get fatter and and does less he just sits in the van and does the uh, the uh technical stuff and everything um simon Pegg's good and they, you know they have the chemistry it's like bringing the bringing the old band back together and everything sean harris who was in um oh god damn what the hell was that fucking trilogy called about the year of our lord blah 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 oh my god jesus christ I'm losing my fuck. See, this is what happens when you do when you do one of these, uh, the impromptu show, where I don't have anything prepared or anything. Uh, Red Riding trilogy. Uh, he was so good in that, and he was a fucking uh, corrupt cop and a prick. But um, he uh, was really good in this. They bring back a character from the other movie, which I have not seen the other one in so long that I, it's kind of like. Eh. I think the the one of the best ones of the Mission Impossible series was the one with Philip Seymour Hoffman. I really liked that one because he was such a good villain. Alec Baldwin's in this. Um, Wolf Blitzer. Boo. Angela Bassett's always good looking. I mean, she's one of these ones that never ages. One of these people. And uh, Henry uh, Cav- Cavill. I, I want to say Cavill because I'm thinking of Jim Caviezel. But Henry Cavill was good in this, but I, I mean, it didn't take me like very long at all to figure out what was going on but one th- one scene in this that I really did like there's a scene um a fight scene in a in a men's public bathroom I really liked that I thought that was really good um some of the Tom Cruise love shit you know it's kind of like you know pfft. his hair wasn't too bad in this 
it was brown, but it wasn't too dark. Of course, you know, I've bitched, not bitch, but you know, the guy is, is, you know, he, he, I think he might even be a little, just a, a year, a few couple years older than me, I think. And, uh, you know, I've said a million times before, if, if you're going to dye your hair, leave a little bit of gray because you look stupid. Alec Baldwin has a lot of gray hair. <laughs> he, he's good. I like Alec Baldwin, but, uh, you know, um, hmm. Vanessa Kirby, she was, it was hard to put my finger on her um, because I thought she, I, I, I don't know, she kind of reminded me of somebody in the face, and I don't know why. She has kind of big eyebrows or something. I don't know if, I, I don't, I don't want to say Miley Cyrus, but there's something about her that I could not put my finger on. I wouldn't say it bothered me, but she's kind of in between. Uh, I don't know. Tom Cruise just doesn't need to be fucking like you know having a, a, a bunch you know so many like love interests and you know one. I don't know. He just jackass. He runs too much and he's got a big butt. Um, the next thing I watched, <laughs> I started watching this this uh, TV show. It's on Netflix right now, and it's called Bad Blood, and it has Anthony LaPaglia and uh, what the hell's that dude's name from uh, Sons of Anarchy? Um, I was just Kim Coates. Uh, Kim Coates was Officer Down. Officer Down. Officer Down. Officer Down. Which sucked. Man, that movie was horrible. That's one of those. Um, it was not made by the the people that did um, Toxic Avenger, but it sure as fuck uh, was a, an homage. I don't think it was. It was an homage to them because that movie was fucking horrible. Uh, but I watched another movie called Officer Down. Or no, I want to watch another movie called Officer Down, but it's not that movie. Let me look up that Officer Goddamn Down. Officer. A down, our officer down. Hmm. What keyboard? Work with me. This is horrible. Uh, officer down. Sean Crahan. Now this is a graphic novel, but um, officer down. The thing is, Kim Coates. Even in this in this TV show, Bad Blood. And I've only watched the first episode. It's about the mafia in uh, Canada. And uh, so it's kind of interesting, and I'm curious to see where it goes. Kim Coates has a great look. He has these really super blue eyes, but he's he he's got kind of high pitched kind of a voice or something. That's why when you look at him in Officer Down, Officer Down, he looks good, and you think, man, he'd be great in that part. But his voice is really, you know. Don't, uh, um, officer down, reporting for duty. Duty. Um, he, his voice doesn't match how cool he looks. And it worked in, uh, like, uh, Sons of Anarchy, but, um, I don't know. There's just something about it. I like the way he looks. Not attracted to him or anything, but he, um, he just has a weird voice to play a tough guy. Uh, watch The Great Raid. Now, I stayed away from this one because I thought it was going to be kind of a rah-rah, uh, sis-boom-bah, patriotic. Wait a minute, my ear itches. Sorry about that. Um, and I was pretty much right. 
<laughs> it's based on this book um, about this great uh, rescue mission that took place during WW2, the big one. Um, but it's made, it, it kind of reminded me of the movie um, Pearl Harbor with Ben Askrack and Josh Hartnett. Um, both are made like old school World War II uh, movies from the like 50s or, yeah, 50s or early 60s. And in some ways, you know, I like those movies. I like Battle of the Bulge and The Longest Day and, you know, uh, Battle of Britain and, and movies like that. But uh, they were of their time. So when I'm watching it, you, you know, you realize that. This one is made that way, but it's 2005. I mean, come on. Uh, you know, all the heroes and, you know, it's kind of like uh, it's kind of like one of those movies where, You'd have a, a guy uh, uh, from Texas in the platoon named Tex, and, uh, and, and of course, then they'd have a, a streetwise hustler from Brooklyn, and uh, then, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, you know what I'm saying. And F- James Franco is um, is probably the big biggest star in this. Um, I can take him or leave him. Um, now, and then the other guys, it, it, there was there was a World War II movie called Tora Tora Tora, and it was this big movie with like all this you know where they reenacted, um, um, you know the the uh, sneak the Japanese uh, attack on Pearl Harbor and what happened and everything you know, but they they didn't I don't know if they didn't I can't remember if they didn't have the budget or what but they didn't have people in it that were like you know like longest day had henry fonda robert mitchum john wayne uh all these superstars uh in hollywood at the time that sean connery was in um but they each one of them had a small part this movie kind of went the tora 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 way because tora 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 didn't didn't do that with the big stars they uh like midway with charlton heston and whoever um they went with um, actors, you know, good actors and everything, but not big superstars. A lot of the guys uh, that they had in Tora 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 were people that worked on TV, worked on the stage, or had uh, were in movies, but they weren't like the big megastars. And that's the way this was. Like Benjamin Bratt, again, I was you know just talking about uh, Law and Order. He was on Law and Order. He dated. Um, uh, Julia Roberts for a while there and she even did a guest appearance on Law and Order which she was hot back then and she tried to seduce him. He was a detective that was going to protect her but she tried to seduce him which was kind of hot. I, it would have been better if it would have had like hardcore sex in it. Um, back then. Julia Roberts now? Yeah, I I would still bang her. I, I think. Yeah, because I'm old too. I don't know how old is Julia Roberts. Maybe I can get her. Let me see. If she's single, and if I can get her. Uh, Julia Roberts. Mr. Roberts. She is f- fucking... How the hell is she younger than me? That's bullshit. Uh, not, I mean, like one year. So big deal. But so I could get her. She's younger. I'm, an, I'm the older guy. Uh, she still looks good. I like her big mouth. I like her big alligator mouth. Give good head. Anyway, uh, maybe not. She might not. She she would she's she would probably be someone who would be repulsed by me, 
but then like we we would go out and we would screw but like when i would say stupid stuff at first she would laugh but then she would get tired of me and that but she would still you know keep me around and we would still bang all the time and she would feel disgusted but in a good way afterwards like she would feel ashamed <laughs> but anyway <laughs> joseph fines is in this too and th- those are the three big stars J- james franco joseph fines and benjamin bratt now joseph fines um he i believe is the brother of rafe fines but he never i mean the one thing I remember him in was the uh, Enemy at the Gates, the Sniper movie, uh, which was pretty good. Wasn't it? Sam Worthington was in this. I didn't even see the motherfucker. I probably, you know, I'm sh- he was in the whole goddamn thing, and I, he's so uh, bland that I didn't even notice that that was him because he's obviously in it. Uh, but this is, I'll tell you what, okay, here's the deal with this movie. Other than the fact that it was, it was way too long, they put in kind of a love story uh, deal and a, a, like a, 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 another story that was going on with, uh, oh, what's her name? Is it Connie Nielsen's in this? And I thought she was hot. She was the one that played uh, Keanu's sister in Devil's Advocate. And she was also in the, what's the one with Tommy Lee Jones and Benicio Del Toro? Uh, that did the he Tommy Lee Jones taught him all the survival stuff, and he was uh, PTSD and all that. She was the cop that was helping Tommy Lee Jones. Tommy Lee Jones was helping her hunt down. I was going to say Emilio Estevez. What the hell is it? did I see Emilio Estevez a minute ago? Benicio del Toro. I think I might have said Emilio Estevez. But anyway, she's got nice boobs, uh, and she was on all on, on uh, which Law and Order was she on? She was on the Law and Order when I think Mariska Hagerty was pregnant, and she became Stabler's partner, Stabler, who was portrayed by Christopher Maloney. Um, and but she's got nice boobs. She's slender, not much of a butt. But she's got nice boobs. And the uh, in Devil's Advocate, you kind of had the um, uh, like a, the Kay Parker kind of a little bit of an incest thing going on there with her and. Uh, uh, I was going to say Sammy Davis Jr. <laughs> Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves. Sammy Davis Jr. What the fuck? I swear to God, people, the, maybe one of the reasons why I haven't put a show out is because um, I'm losing my goddamn marbles. Um, <coughs> wait a minute. <coughs> Jesus. Now I'm getting phlegm. Um, let me take a drink. Dig it. The next show that I watched show now i put this one off because i'll be honest with you i wasn't that impressed with the first one i watched the equalizer 2 from 2018 with denzel washington um i watched the tv series the equalizer (coughs) to be honest with you it was so long ago i just (laughs) remember we watched all the time but uh you know you know the concept he's kind of like a black ops guy and Instead of doing like spy shit and all this stuff, he helps people. Um, the first one, uh, I think, was it Haley Steinfeld was in that one, and that was when she was kind of breaking out of her little kid mode um, in like True Grit. Um, she was old enough to start kind of playing 
more adult and sexier kind of a deal. And just by but saying that, I there's a movie coming out here, um, which I saw the trailer for the other uh, I think yesterday with Louis C.K., which I was surprised that here's Louis C.K. after he kind of was a uh, shunned for um, being like some kind of strange uh, exhibitionist slash public masturbator. Uh, from what I could ascertain, I think he actually asked these women, uh, hey, do you care if I, you know, he's a comedian, and some, like Sarah Silverman and some of these people actually knew him, traveled with him, hung out with him, or friends with him, and he would say, do you mind if I masturbate in front of you? And they would like, you know, maybe they thought he was joking, I don't know, and he would take his dick out and like just fucking whack, whack off, like right in front of him, well then it got him into some trouble. So he hasn't been doing anything that much, and uh, but he's in a new movie um, with uh, Chloe Grace Moretz, who plays his daughter. And she's another one that, of course, when she was in, like, Kick-Ass, the first one, she was really young. I mean, she was like a little kid. And then the next Kick-Ass wasn't that good at all. I I think I actually bought that uh, uh, for some reason. And I think I thought I was buying... No, I already got Kick-Ass. But anyway, I bought Kick-Ass, too. And I I had already seen it, and I really didn't think it was that good. Um... But now she's in this one, and she's walking around in a goddamn string bikini and shit, and uh, it kind of almost has like a Woody Allen-like feel and a Woody Allen-like story, where Malkovich is this rich Hollywood guy who's known for banging really young actresses, uh, like he's 60-something, and he's fucking these like 20-year-olds, and that's sort of like a Woody Allen thing. And here, after I saw that trailer, this woman actually came out and said, I think, I, I'm thinking it was the movie Manhattan, maybe, that she and Woody Allen started screwing when she was 16 years old. And he, the, the movie, I think it's Manhattan. Um, the characters in the Woody Allen, of course, wrote it. It's like based on him and her. So Woody Allen, you know, you can say whatever you want. He's he's got something. I mean, he's very talented, and I like his movies and everything. But Jesus Christ, dude. Um, so anyway, um, the I still want to see. I, I think Louis C.K. is funny, but when I even when I was watching the trailer, I was like, what? A, man, that's what, that's just creepy. I mean, he didn't like screw a little girl or you know, uh, rape somebody like Harvey Weinstein. It's come out like he, they said like he got Jennifer Lawrence and held her down and ate her out or something like that. And said, you know, don't you want to be a star? That big fat gross pig and poor little Jennifer Lawrence. I, I just like that. I'd like to take the butt of my gun and smash his face in, but, um, I don't know him and I'll never be around him. So I can't. Um, but what I was going to say was Louis CK that's that's almost like um, there was a guy that played wide receiver for the Dallas Cowboys in the mid '60s, early to mid '60s, when Dandy Don Meredith. This is movie related because Dandy Don Meredith was in some movies. 
He was in a movie uh, about a TV movie where he infiltrated. It was a true, based on a true story about a guy that uh, was a, an informer, and he was in the Ku Klux Klan. He uh, joined the Ku Klux Klan or whatever, but he was an informer for the FBI. Um, but this guy's name was Lance Rensel, and Lance. Uh, played for Oklahoma. He was a really good re- wide receiver and a really handsome guy and everything. And he, and this is also movie-related, he married uh, Joey Heatherton, who was in with, like, the Rat Pack. Uh, she did Vegas shows, singing and dancing. She had a TV show back in the early 70s, um, and when they, they would tell her that she had to cover up and like wear turtlenecks and shit because when she danced and stuff, it was too sexy for TV. Meanwhile, at the same time, Cher of Sonny and Cher, well, it's the Sonny and Cher show, Cher was on there and she was wearing stuff that was like, you know, uh, showed her midriff and all, you know, cut all the way down to her hoochamacooch and everything. But Cher didn't have any tits, so nobody cared. And she had a big nose back then. But she was still good looking. But anyway, um, Lance was like Louis C.K. He was fucked up in the head. I read his book, and I can't remember. He ended up having to go... Had to go to a psychiatrist, like court-ordered and stuff. But he, when he was like stressed out and shit, he got caught two times. The first time, it was... I think maybe it was when he was in college or something, and they covered it up. Because you know how sports is, you know, if you're a big sports star in Oklahoma or something like that, they'll cover it up. And then I think that he played for the Vikings out of college, and he got caught doing this, and they covered it up. Well, then when he was with the Cowboys, um, and he was married to Joey Heatherton, they were like uh, this big super couple. Here's Lance Rensel, who's this great athlete. The Cowboys at that time were. Um, they went to the NFL championship like three years in a row uh, against the Browns and uh, I think twice against the Packers. And um, they lost, but they were this great team. And he got caught. He was, I don't think he was drunk or anything or pilled up. I don't know. I can't remember. Uh, but I don't think he was. And he pulled, he saw these two girls, like uh, 12, 13 year old girls or something like that. Uh, and he pulled up in his car and called him over to the car, and he was beaten off. And I, I, he he got like some kind of a thing out of like doing that. And then they came out that he had done it before. But that's like kind of like the Louis C.K. thing. There's something psychological there, like the the I don't know if it's exhibitionism or or what. I you know hell I don't know what the fuck. They ought to make a movie about something like that. You know, like the um, Kevin Bacon one about the pedophile. Make make a movie about like a Somebody who's, you know, it just makes you wonder why somebody would do that. Um, but Louis C.K., movies, Joey Heatherton, Dandy Don, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. So I don't know if Lance is ever in a movie or not. Uh, he he, he uh, was on some variety show one time, and he came out, and they had him do a little number. He was singing, and it was horrible. Uh, you know, not, not good at all. It, was, it wasn't any better than me singing Officer Down. Anyway, so the Equalizer 2. <laughs> now you wonder why the fucking wind show went two hours and 45 minutes uh, before we even talked about the goddamn, whatchamacallit, it get in the manic mode, you know. Blah, 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 blah. I liked the Equalizer 2 better than the Equalizer 1. I don't remember 
I remember the equal or equalizer one, and I did not like that uh, other one that he did about uh, not the sword of Gideon. What the hell was that one called? Um, shit, Book of Eli. I uh, didn't really like that one either. Um, but anyway, and fences didn't like that one either. <laughs> that was good, but that one should have just been a play. It was too long, and uh, you know, I don't know. I just didn't think of it. I, I really look forward to that one because I like uh, fucking Viola Davis. I would like to marry Viola Davis, uh, but not like in the um, Julia Roberts thing. Viola Davis and I would be like we'd grow old together and be like uh, old people that held hands and sat on the porch and stuff like that and in the rocking chairs. Um, she would not be as mean to me for being uh, like a, a, a goof. Um, she, I would be more like I'd be like an old puppy dog uh, or something like that. And then she would would if I didn't go on missions. Uh, she would threaten to blow my head off with an implant in my brain. Um, I think I would be more like, if I was on the um, Suicide Squad, I'm pretty sure that I would be like Captain Boomerang because I would be like kind of like, I don't know, maybe not. I don't think I would be a coward. And Captain Boomerang's a coward, and he is like a criminal. I might be more like uh, King Shark. Or something like that. I don't know, but anyway, not Na- not Namor the Submariner. Although I do like the cut of his jib. Isn't it weird that Namor the Submariner um, had little wings on his ankles, and that's how they would say like he fl- could fly, and Captain America had the same kind of little wings on the side of his mask that in the old comic and they they now they they might have it on like the new one but uh uh if they do it's like flat like it's just painted on there for a visual effect but in the comic they stuck out now he didn't fly they were just part of the costume but that's weird um and namor also he wore like the little speedos all the time now i heard somebody say that um in a movie that he was supposed to be french now i don't know about that i used to read invaders and stuff and i don't remember him being french uh, I remember him battling the Fantastic Four, also movie related because we know about the Fantastic Four. I was thinking the other day that Ving Rhames, when I was watching Mission Impossible, whatever the fuck it was called, with Tom Cruise running and fighting Superman with the mustache, um, that Ving Rhames should have played the thing in the Fantastic Four. All they'd had to do is paint him orange. Because he he just looks like you know what's it? Michael Chiklis was okay, but Ving Rhames would have been better. And I think that he is in the he well he was in that last um, Guardians of the Galaxy movie because Stallone is going to be Starhawk or was Starhawk. They might not follow up on that, but Stallone had like Martin X and the original. Guardians of the Galaxy in the comic, but again, I think maybe I've said this before, they're the original because they were the first Guardians of the Galaxy in the comic, but they, the Guardians of the Galaxy now, with uh, Star-Lord uh, Star and Batista and all that shit, they're in the future. No, 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 no. In the comic book, 
I think they were before, and the one that Stallone is Starhawk and Charlie Twenty Seven, Martin X, and uh, Nikki and uh, Yondu. I believe they were in the far future, and the ones with Star Lord in them were supposed to be the original Guardians of the Galaxy. So the whole timeline thing gets me all confused. So anyway, Equalizer 2, I liked more. I don't think it followed the line as much as the... um, Like, I think that the original one with uh, Denzel and Haley Steinfeld um, followed more to what the TV show uh, was, where he's helping people and stuff. Uh, this one was more just straight up. He uh, Denzel was more like the um, what I always say about the uh, the first one was okay, but uh, Matt Damon. It's like he acts like a goddamn robot in that fucking movie, and then it's like um, Scarlet in Ghost in the Shell. She acted like a robot. Uh, they put her brain inside of an, an, her ghost or her brain, her intelligence and everything, and her uh, her human human actual physical brain inside that body so she was a cyborg but so why did she act mechanical and she walked like Joan Jett which was kind of cool a little bit hot but a little bit not Um, but uh, I think Matt Damon like in that goddamn fucking born identity they show him running on the beach for exercise I guess and it's like he's running a full sprint not even breathing hard not his mouth isn't open or anything and he's supposed to be like running like 10 miles at a full sprint now i'm sorry but goddamn just because you got trained and have amnesia doesn't mean that you're a fucking what they do put bionic legs on him bionic lungs and a bionic heart you know and then after that that movie th- those movies just I-, I don't know what it is that shaky cam Ugh. so anyway equalizer 2 was more just denzel being a badass ex uh black ops guy whereas the first one was more him helping people this one didn't have any chicks in it though really i don't think not that many chicks i like the guy that played his ex-partner and it took me uh, a few minutes to realize who he was he was um in the 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 series narcos he was the um, hispanic speaking guy of the 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 one guy is the guy that, um, what's his name, Pierce, from uh, that was in the Marauders that was uh, after Logan in the Wolverine movie and in the comics. Uh, he is the main guy. And then this guy that was in Equalizer 2 that was Denzel's former partner, he was the other guy in that. So he's pretty cool. He was also in that... Um, Oh, what the fuck's that goddamn thing with um, the the Kingsman? This the Kingsman, uh, uh, the second Kingsman movie. He was in that, and he was good in that too. What the hell's that asshole's name in the Kingsman, the second one? Uh, Tanning Tatum, Tanning, Channing Tatum. Fucked that up too. Uh, Magnum Force, of course, talked about that before. You know, I love that movie. I like Clint in that, even though Clint has a strange build. He, my mom always says that he he pulls his uh, pants up to his tits. Um, he had a very strange build, even in um, um, Every Which Way But Loose and Any Which Way You Can. Clint liked to have his shirt ripped off or his shirt taken off, but he had like big love handles and he had a high waist. 
and he also has like a like a big head, big forehead, uh, widow's peak, but he had cool hair, and um, and he and um, but he had a high waist. He had long, I think he kind of maybe he had long legs or something. And that forty-four Magnum was not the most practical weapon to carry. But I think uh, Melius actually talked about that. You know, walk softly and carry a big stick. They wanted him to carry a big uh, big pistol. I don't, you know, even even uh, I think Clint. Or Melius, I can't remember which one said, like when you see Clint reach in under his sports coat because he was a cop, he had to wear like a, a fucking um, um, like a it's like San Francisco. He's wearing like a, a a tweed or whatever sports coat. He had to wear that because he had a giant shoulder holster. But in the movie, he would like reach in, and you were thinking he was pulling that big forty-four Magnum out of that shoulder holster. He wasn't. They would catch him in like mid thing. The, the shoulder holster, he would just have it in his hand because he didn't want to have to pull it out of there because it was too awkward. Uh, I want to watch We're No Angels again. Uh, Rolf watched that and uh, gave it a big recommend with uh, Aldo Ray, Humphrey Bogart, and Peter Houstonoff. Those three were good to go. I haven't seen that one in a long time. 1955, that's a Rolf recommendation. Rolf! And he also recommended Tremors 2, Aftershocks. Uh, I love the pairing of Fred Ward and Kevin Bacon. I thought those movies, even the shittier ones, that as they went along, that had like a Michael Gross, uh, and I can't remember who his partner was in that one. But they're, they're just funny. They're, they're a good time. I, I saw the original in the theater. Um, we lost uh, Sandra Locke. She passed away. Um, now... I was never the biggest fan of Sandra Locke because what I knew her from almost exclusively was when she was Clint's uh, significant other for quite a while, and he like shoehorned her into all these movies. She was in uh, Outlaw Josie Wales, where she got raped or was in the process of getting raped or rape, rape, rape. Uh, the Gauntlet, um, Every Which Way But Loose, Any Which Way You Can, where she was like... I seek the night when I rest my head on your weary bed and to dream alone. What's a girl to do? What's a girl to do? That she was a horrible singer, so you, you knew, and she and she wasn't like Clint liked really plain, kind of washed out uh, blondes that didn't wear any makeup and were like pale skin. That's uh, like several of the women that he dated or went out with or were married to look like that. Um, then you go back and you read. So, so I wasn't a fan of hers because we used to laugh our asses off about how uh, she would she would sing, and they were like sitting there. Him, uh, Philo Beto, and um, that was his brother's name. It was Juliet Lewis's uh, father, but in the movie, Philo and shit. Now i got to talk about those two fucking stupid movies. <laughs> Every Which Way But Loose. Uh, Jeffrey Lewis, but I know that. But what was his... Uh, Orville. Orville and Philo. And who the hell would name their kid Philo? Philo Beto. Anyway, and Sandra Locke was Lynn Halsey Taylor. I seek the night when I rest my head on your weary bed into dream low. What's a girl to do? What's a girl to do? But uh, um, Philo and Orville, or in the second one, Philo and William Smith, 
uh, would like sit at the bar and she's singing and they're just sitting there looking, watching her like you were watching Raquel Welch up there and she could sing like a goddamn uh, fucking Billie Holiday and she had her tits out. You know, but Sandra Locke, number one, I guess it depends. Some people might think she was really good looking. I never did. Um, but, you know, no, there was, but then again, I guess Philo was supposed to be just some stupid ass fucking redneck. So he probably did the, and, and in that bar, she probably was a piece of ass compared to, you know, some of the fucking scumbags. <laughs> Beverly D'Angelo was in this too, and she played Echo. And they'd be like, what? It was like a running joke. It was so stupid. What's your name? Echo. Huh? What? You know, it's like, oh my god. Tank Murdoch, Walter Barnes. I never did look up who played Tank Murdoch. So let me see what this what this fucker did. He was good. He was like a big fat washed up guy. Um he was in High Plains Drifter. Or no, that's the High Chaparral. What the fuck am I talking about? Uh yeah, he was in High Plains Drifter. He was the sheriff, uh the big fat sheriff. And then remember I don't know, like, uh, uh, what the hell's that guy's name on Saturday Night Live? Remember when you, you were doing this? Um, he was the sheriff, and Clint came in, and of course Clint was a badass, and everybody was afraid of, and took the badge off the sheriff and put it on the, on the uh, uh, was it Billy Barty? But anyway, it was the little guy, little, uh, little people. I was going to say midget, but I know somebody would fucking freak out because I said midget, so I won't say midget. Um, anyway, um, that's who Tank... Tank Murdoch was. Um, I want to say Tank Patton because that was a wrestler. Who else was in that stupid ass movie? Bill McKinney and Get in the Back Seat. Oh boy, fuck the raccoon. Get in the Back Seat. And he was the guy that uh, uh, went balls deep into Ned Beatty's uh, bulbous ass in uh, Deliverance, which is on Netflix, and I almost rented it for like 99 cents last night. Even though I've seen it a bunch, I haven't seen it in a while. Anyway, so you got Every Which Way But Loose, which is fucking funny for the time, and it probably it might still be funny now. Because what was the old lady's name that was um, the mother? And why am I asking you? You can't answer. Uh, but she was like, oh, fuck the baboon. Um, I'm not going to look that up. But I like that one. The first one was funny with the Black Widows and everything. And and uh, Philo, Clint, when he would punch people, it sounded like somebody taking a, a wet towel and smacking like a brick wall. That's how his punches were supposed to be so so powerful and so fast, which sounded cool. And he just beat the fuck out of people. It was funny. But Lynn Halsey-Taylor was like not the best uh, person in that show. And then um, in The Gauntlet, she played a hooker. Uh, shit! What was that thing? It was a. Uh, they had a thing. It was supposed to be like a bet. Uh, Mc, not McNally, Mc something in the in the first or something, and uh, Gus Malley. Gus Malley. Sandra Locke played Gus Malley, and but they had a thing that was like. Uh, Mally something in the first they were taking bets on whether Clint would be able to get her he was a drunk cop he was, he was pretty kind of scummy drunk cop like when he got out of the, at the beginning when he gets out of his car like this whiskey bottle falls out of his car and smashes right on the on the sidewalk where he parked um and then um 
she wasn't Lynn Halsey Taylor in this. And they, they kind of had her in like one part where she was wearing like a little, like a football jersey or something. And I don't know if she had panties on or if she was buck ass naked, but it just came like below her, like right down to her butt cheeks, which is kind of hot, but she's gross. Uh, Pat Hingle was really good in this. Uh, and he was, I believe Pat Hingle was also in the Clint Eastwood movie. It's the one where Sandra Locke, of course, she's in that one too. She got raped in that. I swear to God, okay, now, I was saying how Clint, what kind of woman he liked. I think he also had a rape fantasy. Because every goddamn movie, she was in all his fucking movies, and I think every goddamn movie, uh, somebody would rape her or would be trying to rape her, and he would be like, get off her. And he would have to save her or whatever, but he's putting her in these movies and having her get raped, and then she got fucked by Clint, which would probably like getting raped. I think she said that he made her get like uh, uh, several abortions because he didn't want to have any kids. Some kind of shit like that, which is pretty fucking gross. Now this guy, Dan Dan Vadis, he, oh okay, I know who he was. We watched, we, we reviewed a movie because I looked him up. He plays one of the Black Widows. Now in, in, he was like a, when you look him up though, he was in these um, old, um, gladiator movies and he was like a bodybuilder he was real big but when he was in the black withers in these clint eastwood movies he he was kind of thin you wouldn't even know it was him like it's like if you look up the gladiator movies he was in he looks like arnold schwarzenegger but then when he was in the black widows and he was also in high plains drifter uh he was one of the three guys that came with jeffrey lewis who was um orville philo better's brother in high plains drifter he was um one of the three guys that was coming back to get revenge. Well, so was this Dan Vadis. And Dan Vadis, in High Plains Drifter and in the Clint Eastwood movies, he was real skinny. So, and I think he was a dr- I think he was on drugs, and I think he died. Uh, okay, yeah. Accidental drug overdose, acute ethanol, ethanol and heroin morphine intoxication. And that was 1987. But like I said, he was a real great big guy. And then the next thing, he was one of Mae West's... Um, Mail review and um, another guy that was one in May West um, uh, Muscle Man review was uh, Mickey Hargitay, and I was just talking about Mariska Hargitay being in Law and Order Special Victims Unit, and he was played by Arnold Schwarzenegger in the movie about Jane Mansfield that was on TV. See, you guys think I'm just babbling along here, but it all comes together in some way in my mind. Uh, so anyway, Dan Vadis, I was going to say, you know, God, I just noticed that name again. But we watched something that he was in and reviewed it because I remember I looked him up before. Uh, I can't remember what it was. Who cares? Um, that was good. And the second one, Any Which Way You Can, I really liked uh, William Smith in that. And I like William, William Smith against Clint in the fight was like goddamn King Kong versus Godzilla. It was so good. Because both of them looked like they could whip somebody's ass. Not, I mean, William Smith, of course, he was a bodybuilder, and he was real big and everything. But both of them looked like, you know, they would fuck you up in real life. Of course, Clint might not. He's probably just all fucking full of shit. <laughs> Everybody loves him. Uh, the other movie was uh, the Officer Down movie that I was talking about. Now, I filmed this. I went on IMDb. And I was looking up the fuck was I looking up? Oh, there's this guy, John Mesner. And I just remember when I would be at Walmart in the uh, DVD aisle or whatever, 
they they have like the you know all the new movies coming out and that includes new movies that are like straight to DVD that are kind of shitty and uh, there's a lot of action ones like that and I kept seeing the same John Mesner John Mesner who the fuck is this John Mesner but I'd never buy him because I thought you know I don't know who this fucking guy is it's somebody they're trying to push and it ends up I do know who he is because he was in the Bruce Willis movie Tears of the Sun the mercenary or not the mercenary they were Navy SEALs but it was kind of like a uh, cross between Magnificent they were Navy SEALs but it was a cross between Magnificent Seven and um shit Tears of the Sun was the Bruce Willis movie what was the Rod Taylor movie about the mercenaries Tears of the Sun and god fucking damn it um something it's 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 just like Tears of the Sun but I can't fucking remember oh mother freaker there is a young cowboy he lives on the range Darker than Amber. No, not Darker than Amber. That's when he fought William Smith, which was another Titanic battle. William Smith against... Clint Eastwood was a Titanic battle. William Smith against Rod Taylor and Darker than Amber was a Titanic battle. I believe we covered that one on the show. Dark of the Sun. Okay, you had Tears of the Sun, Bruce Willis. Dark of the Sun, Rod Taylor and... Not William Smith. Rod Taylor and Jim Brown. Um... But anyway, so Tears of the Sun was kind of like a cross between Magnificent Seven and Dark of the Sun. Um, and John Mesner was one of Bruce Willis's Navy SEALs. And he looked really cool in that. If you if you see that movie, he, you know, there was like Cole Hauser. Wait a minute. Gotta crack my neck. Uh, Cole Hauser was one of the guys in that. And I can't remember who the other guy. You, you'll know him if you saw him. But this guy was really cool. He kind of had like a mohawk, and he was always on point. He was like kind of like the tracker point man. Well, that John Mesner must have been friends or became friends with Bruce Willis because he was also in, um, what the fuck's that one Bruce Willis movie? Hostage, I think. He was in like a couple of Bruce Willis movies. Well, now, for some reason, he must know somebody or something. And he is being, well, he's like trying to be like Eric Roberts or something and the king of the uh, straight-to-DVD movies. Um, so I watched this one, and I'll talk about it here in a minute, but it had John Mesner in it and Danny Trejo and Tito Ortiz and Chuck Liddell from UFC. So for some reason, I thought, well, I'm going to watch this shit. It's probably horrible. It was on Netflix, so it was free, so I watched it. Not bad. I can't, I'm trying to think what the name of it. It'll come up here in a minute. Uh, but anyway, so I started looking up this John Mesner, and I'm like, okay, what's this fucker? You know, what's some of these? Maybe I'll check out some of his movies. And um, that led me down a wormhole of you know, uh, straight to DVD movies, and I found this one. Now I never was a big fan of Stephen Dorff. Uh, I think Will hates him, but uh, I hated him mostly because. The first two things I saw him in, I just hated him because he was uh, a heel, a bad guy, and he was a little asshole, like a real, like he was, like trying to be real tough and crazy and mean. And the first thing was um, City of Industry with Harvey Keitel. He was the bad guy in that that Harvey Keitel was trying to track down and kill. And then also he was the bad guy in the first 
Wesley Snipes Blade movie. So I hated him for that. So, but the thing is, if you look at it from a wrestling perspective, maybe he was really good because I hated him and I was supposed to. But I saw him in that um, the one movie I really liked him in. As I rub my eyes, <gasps> maybe this show will be short. Um, was the one with him and Val Kilmer uh, about the about prison? Let me look what they're called. Dorf, hey Dorf. <laughs> uh, but I really liked that one, and uh, so then I found him in a new movie. And well, well wait a minute. I want to watch. I want oh, not watch. I want to find the one that he was in with Val. Poor Val. I feel bad. I mean, he is in bad shape. Felon. I really like Felon with Val. And then he was also in... Uh, when the hell else was he in? Zoolander. As Stephen Dorff. Well, that's nice. Uh, Cecil B. Demented. I never saw that. So maybe you can give me some feedback on that. Uh, whether I should waste my time watching Cecil B. Demented. And he was also in I Shot Andy Warhol. Uh, so I kind of want to check that one out. I never did see that one either. Um, for some reason, the I Shot Andy Warhol and Cecil B. Demented kind of seem like they w- they're they a good... Um, uh, like Like they would go together. I don't want to say companion piece because I haven't seen him yet. City of Industry, uh, that was when I was in my Harvey Keitel thing. I still am. I watch anything Harvey Keitel's in. I thought there was something else besides Felon. He was in Public Enemies, which Loaf hates. That's the um, one with Johnny Depp as John Dillinger and um, Christian Bale as... Who's the fucker that killed John Dillinger? Oh, <laughs> uh, what's his name? That's not my name. I almost said Walter Winchell. Walter Winchell didn't kill fucking John Dillinger. Melvin Purvis. Okay. And Ben Johnson played Melvin Purvis in the Dillinger movie where Warren Oates played John Dillinger. But anyway, um, in Public Enemies, Stephen Dorff plays Homer Van Meter and Harry Dean Stanton. I believe played Homer Van Meter in the Dillinger movie with Warren H. Ben Johnson as Melvin Purvis. Dig it. Uh, Immortals, I like that one. That one had Henry Cavill in it. That was good. And Mickey Rourke, I really like that one. I like that movie, which I don't think got its due. And I like the um, Clash of the Titans and um, whatever the follow-up of that one was. I can't remember. So who cares? The Debt. What was that? Set in a backdrop of international finance deal in New York and Peru, Oliver's Deal. What's Oh, that's the original title. An intense political drama which explores how far people will go to get what they want. That looks like it might be pretty good. Who's in that song, bitch? Stephen Dorff, David Strahan, Strathairn, who I really like. He was in Mate One. Uh, check that one out. I was gonna just—I was gonna say I need to do a screen cap of this so I can remember. But of course, I'm on a desktop, so I cannot do a screen—a to- screen cap. Leatherface. Meh. I didn't see that one. 
True Detective series 2019. Stephen Dorff is going to be in the new True Detective series. So I'll check that one out. So I don't mind Stephen Dorff. But anyway, this movie also got Officer Down. Now, the, or- the original Officer Down with, with Kim Coates is Officer D-O-W-N-E, because it's his name, Officer Down. This one is just Officer Down as in Officer Shooting or whatever. Stephen Dorff, Dominic Purcell, who is a may or directed to video king, uh, or at least a prince, and uh, I really liked him in... Um, Killer Elite. You can even recognize him because he's got a big Fu Manchu and long hair. Uh, James Woods is also in this, who is like um, Craig T. Nelson, fucking douchebag, and John Voight. Uh, but still, I like him as an actor. Uh, and uh, James Woods, best movie for me, or the movie that I like the most is Fast Walking. Uh, very sleazy. Uh, prison movie. Uh, Stephen Lang is also in this, who I love. I love Stephen Lang. He's cool as shit. Um, but anyway, Officer Down, I haven't seen it. I'm going to check it out. I even did a screen cap of, uh, of that one, so I would remember. Next thing that uh, I think this is a John Mesner movie is uh, on uh, Netflix called Battle Drone. That is an actual Netflix film. So I might have that. Man versus Machine. Battle Drone. The chick that uh, I believe plays Supergirl's sister is in that one. Oh, and another reason I wanted to watch that one, it has, uh, let's see, Dominic Swain, Michael Perret's in it, that's why. Uh, oh, and, and the, the rabbit hole I fell down, uh, John, John Mesner I don't think is in this one. The rabbit hole I fell into to to uh, get into some of these movies was um, the, the uh, Russian guy who was in UFC, um, early UFC Oleg Tektarov, who was in um, Predators with uh, the big nose guy, Adrian Brody, um, and Danny Trail. Um, for some reason, I was like, you know, I, I looked up that movie 15 Minutes, with which he was one of the two bad guys in that, and uh, it was uh, Robert De Niro and Ed Burns. Uh, so I was like, I wonder what you know Oleg Tektarov's been doing. I remember he, I liked him in Predators. But has he done any other stuff? And he was—he's been in a bunch of movies, especially Russian language movies, Russian movies, which they're really big into, like our government and our, you know, <laughs> whatever. That was a joke, but not really. Anyway, um, but so Oleg Tiktarov's in been a bunch of movies. Well, he's in Battle Drone, and Michael Perez in it, so that sealed the deal there. Um, mm-hmm. Let's go back, Johnny. I'm watching a show called Damnation, which is on, uh, it was on USA originally, and it is on Netflix now for free. It only ran one season, but the thing about that is um, now that, uh, well, see, I've got two more episodes left, so I think there is a, that you know, it's possible that it, they could go for another season. But for all I know, everybody gets killed in the end of the first season. But it only went one season. But that Logan Marshall, what I wanted to say was, Logan Marshall Green, he was the one who was in uh, Upgrade. And everybody says that he looks, and I think he looks like Tom Hardy. Uh, when I saw the trailer, the first trailer for... Goddamn, what do I want to say? It's not Leviathan. The goddamn name of Prometheus. Um, I thought Tom Hardy was in Prometheus 
because this guy looks like him. But one thing, yeah, he's good. He upgrade a lot of people. A lot of you guys liked uh, upgrade a lot, a lot more than I did. But um, um, one thing I wanted to say was, you know how Jean Claude Van Damme had that cyst on his forehead? Well, Logan Marshall Green has one of those. It's like I. I my friend had one. He had to have it removed. It's like a fatty cyst. I guess that's what it is. He's got one of those on his forehead. If he's wearing a cowboy hat in Damnation a lot, but when he takes it off he, and they show him from the side, he's got this big bump on his forehead. Um, so anyway, and I wonder if that just came up. I'd like to find some other. Uh, he was in Spider-Man Homecoming. I didn't see that one. But he was in Prometheus and The Devil. I saw Devil. Or not The Devil. It's just called Devil. That's the uh, elevator movie. Uh, what else was that motherfucker in? Didn't see Snowden. He was he was in something before Prometheus and I that I had seen, and then when I was looking, he was in the Great Raid. He was in that one that I just reviewed, which was too fucking long. Uh, <laughs> Law and Order, Special Victims Unit. I wonder if he raped anybody. Mitch Wilkins, A.K.A. Max von Horn, Van Horn. Have to go in. and he was in another Law and Order. He was in regular Law and Order and Law and Order Special Victims Unit. Uh, the Great Raid. That's probably what I'm thinking of because when I watched it, I didn't. Re- no, I did realize that was him because he's got a pretty big part in that. Uh, there's another movie that that fuckhead was in. Peter Wayland Files Prometheus Transmission. That was good. Uh, what's his name? Guy Pierce. Uh, Guy. Okay, I'm getting off this because I'm never going to find it and I don't care. Anyway, Damnation is a good show, and it reminds me of Mate One because it's a, a lot about uh, uh, labor and strike breakers and stuff like that. There's one guy in it, and I cannot remember what his name is, but he plays the uh, the police chief of the town, and he's pretty cool. He's a good, yeah, I like his character. Uh, I started watching Game of Thrones. I'm only on like the third episode, um, so I'm not like you know when. You know, people binge and they just watch it all at once. I'm just watching episodes. I'm savoring it. I bought the first season on DVD, real cheap online, so I never have seen it. So I'm just getting into it. I like the, um, I like Sean Bean, and uh, of course I like Mama uh, uh, from Dread, and they have a little uh, K. Parker taboo action in this too. And I like um, what's his name, uh, Peter Dinklage. He's really good. Um, to and the wolf puppies and stuff. Uh, silencer. Let's let the cha- let chaos reign. Silencer, starring John Mesner, Danny Trejo, <coughs> Tito Ortiz, and Chuck Liddell. Chuck Liddell's a piece of shit in this. He was actually a better actor than Tito Ortiz, and Tito Ortiz is pretty big. I didn't think that. I thought he was more like a middleweight. But he must have moved up to heavyweight or something because he looks pretty big in this. But then again, you know, um, the thing about that is is that a lot of actors are really small. So, well, and then when Tito was probably fighting, say, at middleweight, or no, he was light heavy. So that's close to being a you know, pretty big dude. And that's after he cut down in weight to get to that. So walking around weight, he's probably, you know, over 200 pounds. So he's probably a pretty big guy. Tito Ortiz has a big neck and uh, or hardly no neck, but he's got a big head. And he used to fuck Jenna Jameson. Um, 
hate to use vulgar terms like that, but he did. And that was when she was real super skinny, too. Like, when she was in... When Jenna Jameson first started in porn and she was really big, you know, like... I mean, not big, but like a like one of the biggest stars in porn, uh, she had big boobs and she had some uh, soft, fleshy uh, body. And then, I don't know if she got sick or what, but, man, she got so skinny, it was really gross. Uh, let's see, how big is this song, bitch? Six two two oh five. Well, fuck, I'm bigger than him. I beat his ass. <laughs> he killed me. But anyway, he's a good wrestler. He was a good amateur wrestler. Not uh, like a. I don't think he was uh, like national champion college level, and definitely not Olympics. I, I, he was a um, he was a good uh, high school wrestler, which goes a long way. Um, well, let's see. Let me look up Tito's personal life. I want to read about Jenna. Do 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 looking out my back door. Um Ortiz was married to his first wife for five years. They had a son. Okay. He began dating former adult star Jenna Jameson. He cancelled an appearance as the guest of honor at the United States Marine Corps birthday ball in San Diego when Corps, the Corps refused to let him bring Jameson as a guest. Well, that's bullshit. He was right to do that. That's kind of bullshit. Um, Ortiz stated that he was in love with Jameson, that she was no longer acting in porn, and that they were in a monogamous relationship. Uh, they were. Oh, they, let's see. Uh, Ortiz announced in 2008 that he and Jameson were expecting twins. Jameson gave birth to twin boys. They split up in 2013. Oh, little kid. The little boys are cute. There's a picture of them on there. The one's got a lot of hair. Little bastard. Uh, <laughs> he was, and he was granted custody of the kids. That's weird. Okay, let's let's go down this rabbit hole. He was. That's kind of strange, you know, that he was granted custody of the kids. So there must be something going on there. Uh, what's going on with this girl? What's what's her problem? She looks too. But she looks like a. Uh, who's the dull fucking. The, the the chick that uh, Amber Heard, uh, I just find Amber Heard to kind of have this this kind of dull look on her face. Uh, in this picture on uh, uh, Wikipedia, she looks good because she's all made up and she has her hair done and everything, Jenna Jameson. Uh, but she she looks like Amber Heard, but that's when she get real skinny. So there's some something going on here. Why did she get real skinny? <laughs> Uh, relationship and health. Okay, there's a problem here. Okay, now I'm, I'm starting to fi- figure out this stuff. Uh, Jameson has undergone extensive tattooing. Yada, yada, yada. Jameson, okay. Uh, who's this guy? Markham. Claimed that Jameson uh, would make requests for drugs. Markham uh, po- posted, I guess. That the pills of her choice were Xanax, Ambium, and Suboxone, along with alcohol. At the same time, uh, he denied that Jameson had been taking oxycodone. Um, in spite of the previous rumors, he stated that she was assaulted and battered. Uh, that oh, this is a girl. She was assaulted and battered by Jameson following an incident at a hair salon, and Jameson punched her in the stomach with brass knuckles. <laughs> A brass knuckles iPhone case. The blow was so severe, uh, she vomited blood and was hospitalized. 
Goddamn, Jenna Jameson. Shit. Uh, she announced that she and Israeli boyfriend, Lior uh, Bitten, were expecting a first child together. What's her? It says something about her political views. What's going on here? Jameson supported Hillary Clinton, uh, but Republican Mitt Romney. Okay, she supported Hillary Clinton for a presidential election, but I guess she supported Mitt Romney. I'm very looking forward to the Republican being back in all... Okay, well, Jenna, there you go. And later, uh, Jamison made multiple tweets showing support for Donald Trump. Eh, there you go. Uh, legal issues. Okay. Jenna Jameson, then-husband Tito Ortiz, was arrested for felony domestic abuse. Uh, she was uh, photographed day after with her arm bandaged amid ap- al- accusations by both parties against each other. Uh, I guess Tito said she was on drugs and addicted to Oxycontin and um, she alleged uh, he was abusive but I guess you know he got the kids so whatever anyway she was sentenced to three years of informal probation ordered to pay $340 in fines and participate in Mothers Against Drunk Drivers okay so she must have gotten a car wreck with the kids or something that's why he got the whatever but anyway so the deal is tito ortiz better actor than chuck liddell no chuck liddell was a better actor than tito ortiz but he had a better part he played a a bad guy and he was a real scumbag whereas tito was like the buddy of john minister so that's a little bit too much information for that fucking movie because it's on um netflix instant if you want to watch it it's one of those ones like if you kind of want to just go down a rabbit hole of uh, of um, straight to DVD movies. Like at that one time, what did I watch? I watched like all the John Belushi or Jim Belushi canine movies or something like that, just for shits and giggles. So they're not great movies, but you know, action movies. What the fuck? I watched uh, the uh, John Borman movie Beyond Rangoon. Uh, starring Patricia Arquette, and uh, this was not very good. And John Borman, say what you want about like Zardoz, he usually makes good and interesting movies. Um, this one, I expected like Killing Fields. Uh, this one's kind of boring. Uh, Patricia Arquette, like um, in True Romance, I think she's just a doll. I mean, she's just like the the girl that you you know have the fantasy about meeting at a, at a fucking uh, movie theater or something. And like, you know, and she likes all this, like, like Clarence and uh, true romance. Um, she's not a great actress. I've heard, I, I read some of the reviews on IMDB and people were saying, well, you know, well, there was a lot of people that said this was like John Borman's worst movie and everything. And that it was boring and stuff. Um, but they would make excuses that said she was her performance was wooden on purpose because she was such a a scarred person from what had happened to her and all this net. Nah, she's just not a great actress, you know. But she's cute. She's she's good in certain roles. I watched another movie with her and and it was sucky. I'll talk about that in a minute. I watched Tex with Matt Dillon and um, Meg Tilly and also um, get in the back seat. Oh boy, Hunter Raccoon, get in the back seat, and Emilio Estevez, which, again, in a strange way, all of this is simpatico. I've already talked about Emilio Estevez for no reason. Uh, Bill McKinney, uh, Thunderbolt and Lightfoot, get in the back seat, fuck the raccoon, get in the back seat, and fucking Ned Beatty's supple, soft, 
uh, asshole. And um, also, Meg Tilly was hot. She Jennifer Tilly, okay, that's two sisters that are hot in their own way. Meg Tilly was really young in this. She was like a, I mean, she looks like she's a high school girl. But but she in um, uh, not Breakfast Club. What the hell is the goddamn fucking movie with William Hurt, Kevin Klein, Glenn Close? Ooh, I bet you wonder how I knew. Um, Big Chill. Um, and Tom Berenger was in that too, from Sniper Fame, which we all love on this show. Well, I do. Anyway, Matt Dillon. I like Matt Dillon. This is an Essie Hinton, based on Essie Hinton uh, novel. Uh, but the deal is with this. Okay, the S.E. Hinton movies that I have seen that I liked were, of course, Rumblefish, The Outsiders. Uh, that was then, this is now. And of course, uh, I say of course again, I don't want to say of course. Um, the Outsiders and Rumblefish were Francis Ford Coppola. And it shows because, you know, he's a great director. And uh, love the cast and those. And that was then. This is now. Who directed that one? Probably Emilio. I think he did. Just as I said that, I think he's the one that directed it. That's not even a song. I just made that up. It's going to be a big, big hat. That was then, and the monkey song, that was then, this is now, was not in this movie. I think, now, Rolf will have to confirm or deny this, or Loaf. Um, I think, I'm thinking we reviewed that was then, this is now, but maybe we didn't. Oh, now, how could Wikipedia not have the goddamn director? It was made into a film starring Emilio Estevez and Craig Sheffer, I know that. I want the movie. Where's the disembaguation? <laughs> okay, here we go. This is stupid. This show is stupid. Um, Christopher Kane. Ooh, I thought maybe this was one that Emilio directed. Christopher Kane. What else did he direct? He directed Deep in the Heart. I don't know that one. Pure Country 2. I don't know that. Oh, let's start at the end. He might might need to move forward. And it'd be better. Grand Jury. Who was in that? Leslie Nielsen. That was probably for Leslie Nielsen was funny. Um, the Stone. That was then. This is now. Which was a good movie. Uh, the Principal. Was that uh, Jim Belushi? Jesus Christ. Look how all this stuff comes together. That's Jim Belushi. Young Guns. He directed Young Guns. El Chivato. Billy the Kid. Pure Country was uh, Clint Black. Yeah. I never saw it, but that was like Clint Black was a big country star at that time, and they made a movie, so I don't know if I'll ever watch that. Um, God damn, he didn't make shit after that. Made some crap. September Dawn. John Voight. Ugh. John Voight just turned into a fucking old scared turd. Lunatic fucking pussy. The next Karate Kid. Now what was that? Was that Who's the Chicken That? Hilary Swank. I don't think I ever saw that, but it has Emily's one of Emily's favorites, Michael Ironside. Uh, Bill Conti does the music. He did the music for Rocky. Uh, Hilary Swank's got a nice body, but she's kind of, you know, she's alright. I'd fuck her. 
I don't, you know, I would, but I mean, you know, she's, I don't know what it is about her. She had a fantastic figure. She was married to, I believe, I shouldn't say I'd fuck her, because I'm too old to be saying juvenile shit like that, but if I had a chance, I would. Um, Rob Lowe's brother, Chad, who was kind of like, you know, the stone boy. Robert Duvall, Frederick Forrest, Glenn Close, and Wilford Brimley. I think I saw this. I forgot about this. I believe this is the one where the little boy goes hunting with... Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I did see this. I, f- I forgot all about this. This has to be out of print. Uh, this is a really good story. It's like one of those ones that kind of breaks your heart um, with what happens to this you know, little kid and them having... And, oh, God, I'm going to fucking... Uh, <laughs> I'm going to well up or something. I don't think this is a... Ma- I saw it probably on TV. But, you know, Robert Duvall, of course, will be Glenn Close. Dean Kane, Frederick Forrest is always good. He was in The Rose and Apocalypse Now and everything. Who else? And Wilford Brimley with his diabetes. Tom Waits. That's awful cool. Linda Hamilton. Shit. Well, that's got a good cast. Anybody ever hear of The Stone Boy? I mean, I remember all about it now. I'd like to watch it again. The Stone Boy. Check that one out, if I remember. It's kind of a, a nice, a, a nice little movie. Um, a little bit of a tearjerker, I think. Jerk the tear. But anyway, Tex, what I was going to say was, Tex is an S.E. Hinton movie. Um, but I'll be honest with you, I did not dig it. Um, I like the other ones. Was there another S.E. Hinton movie? Let me look. Let me just see. S.E. Hinton. Oops. Gubta. I must have my fingers on the wrong keys. <laughs> Gubta. S.E. Hinton. And, you know, I did not realize this until I was reading some of the shit about it. Um, um, she was in some of these movies. Like uh, in The Outsiders, when Dally, who is Matt Dillon, is in uh, the hospital because he helped uh, save Johnny and the little kids in the, in the church that caught on fire. She was his nurse. Uh, and he acts like an asshole to her. He's like, oh, fucking get out of here. Uh, 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 Matt Dillon. Uh, uh, but... Um, I, another thing, uh, as I w- watched text, I went and was reading some about some of the um, uh, facts about some of these movies. And one of them was that um, I did not know this, and I would not have thought this. Ralph Macchio was actually older than... Okay, what's his face? Patrick Swayze, of course, was the oldest. He was supposed to be like 20, maybe... 20, because the other ones were in high school. He was supposed to be maybe like 26, and he was like uh, maybe like 30. Um, but Ralph Macchio was older than all the rest of them, including Cruz and, you know, uh, everybody. Um, I don't know, maybe not Matt Dillon, but um, um, but he was older than like Emilio and uh, Soda Pop and uh, Tom Cruise and whoever. And they said that he did not get along with those other guys because they were all young and pulling pranks on each other and doing stuff. And he was real, a lot more serious. And they, you know, they would be um, doing, um, uh, you know, kind of cutting up. <laughs> did they make another Outsiders movie? What the fuck's this shit? Uh, Francis Ford Copeland, S.E. Hinton's 13-episode follow-up to the movie. What's this? They did a follow-up? series about Ponyboy Curtis and all them? 
when when did this when was this out? Nineteen ninety. Francis Ford Coppola and S. E. Hinton's thirteen episode follow up to the nineteen eighty three movie, which builds on each character from the film immensely. Uh man, I'm not, I might want to watch this. Let me write this down. You probably can't find it though if it's a series though. And uh, they said when S.E. Hinton showed up on the set of, I don't know if it was, maybe it was The Outsiders or if it was Rumblefish, uh, Matt Dillon was like, hey, S.E., I thought you were a dude. (laughs) Fucking goof. I like Matt Dillon, though. You know what? I like Matt Dillon. He made a lot of shitty movies, though, because when I was looking this shit up, I looked at his filmography, you know, and he had it pretty big there for a while with, like, Drugstore Cowboy and uh, Rumblefish and... um, but man, he made a lot of. I guess he kind of was one of these guys that said he was going to do what he wanted to do, and he, you know. But he made some shitty movies. Okay, here's a good one. Uh, Two Bit, which was Emilio Estevez's character in the movie, is played by David Arquette. Uh, Steve Randall, Daryl or Derry is Boyd Kessner. That was Derry was uh, Patrick Swayze. Soda Pop Curtis, Rodney. Harvey, I don't know who he is. I don't think. If I looked at these pictures, I'd probably know. Billy Bob Thornton plays Buck, and Buck in The Outsiders was Tom Waits. See again how things come together. You dig? Randy wasn't was he the one that was with Leaf Garrett that um, tried to kill Johnny? Cherry Valance was Kim Walker. Let's see if she how she stacks up to uh, what's her face oh you know who she is she was the girl from Say Anything with uh, John Cusack I like her you know she kind of dropped off the map too She, her last thing she did was in 2000 Killing Cinderella but uh, yeah she was she was good in Say Anything I liked Say Anything she was in Heathers that was a good movie Say Anything then she was in Highway to Heaven TV Preppy Murder TV uh, the Outsiders, of course, I just said. Hunter, TV, TV. Uh, Picket Fences, TV. Matlock. Lots of TV. And then she must have just got out of acting. Let's see what it says about this little girl. I liked uh, Little Girl. I sound like a douche. Uh, I like that movie, Say Anything. That's a good movie. It was. It had some f- funny, but it was also a good movie. Uh, not, uh, some drama. Drama. She's close friends with Jennifer Aniston. <laughs> You know what that means. Oh, very close. Um, seems to me like she's kind of like the guy that played Jake in um, Pretty in Pink. Like she kind of stuff just kind of dried up the good anything good, and she just kind of went splitsville. I don't think she's making furniture in Pennsylvania though. Uh, oh my God! What did I just do? Fuck. Well, wait a minute. Let me get back in here. I just dicked up with my big fat fingers. Shooby dooby doo. Shouldn't be too hard to get back. Let's see how much time we've been going on this son of a beach. Hour and a half. We got some time. Don't worry. I'm not gonna quit on you. <laughs> okay. Let's get back down to S E. Hey, S E. I thought you were a dude. I already said that. Uh, who killed Jam Master Jay? Um, did I 
rent this or was it on Netflix? I think it was on Netflix. This is a pretty good documentary. I'm not the world's biggest rap or slash hip hop fan, but I am a fan of the documentaries about that. Uh, and I, I I have become more of a fan of the music when I realize that I know a lot of the fucking music, even though I don't know why or how. I'm just maybe hearing it on the radio or in a club or, or on commercials or something. I uh, didn't know that much about... Um, you know him getting killed i rem- i kind of remember when it happened but i didn't know that much about it and this kind of goes into uh not only just um jam master j getting killed but how uh like tupac and biggie and some of these other uh rap stars um were killed and nobody ever found out who did it but they suspect and and on all of them i think they either almost know who did it and they can't prove it or they have a good idea. Um, I watched um, Bust, uh, Battle, Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Uh, this is a Coen Brothers um, movie that I think was made for Netflix. Now this one is... It's a series of short stories about the Old West. Uh, and each one is completely different. Other than that, you know, they're based on, you know, they take place in the Old West. You start out with um, the first uh, story that's told is so goddamn fucking funny um, that with Tim Blake Nelson that when I started watching, I was like, holy shit. And I was laughing my goddamn ass off. Uh, But and you'll see people in this as you're watching it and you'll think. Or go in and read uh, who's in this, and you'll be like, holy fuck, that person's in it? And then you realize, oh, that was that guy, and that was this guy. Uh, but the uh, the actual Buster Scruggs story is fucking hilarious. Um, but then don't expect the whole thing to be like that, because it goes, it, it, it kind of goes to several different uh, types of stories, and and you're and that's one thing that some people didn't like about it. I've heard a lot of people say, you know, they wished that the whole thing would have been like the Buster Scruggs story. But I liked it because I wanted to see more of that. But I also, I liked it because it did jump around and it gave you different stories. And I thought each one of them was really good, was excellent. Um, so I would check that one out. And especially, if, if, goddamn, I've watched the clip of... Uh, of um, Buster Scruggs and uh, that was the guy's name. Shit. Oh, uh, Surly Joe. That was funny. <laughs> Say no more. Anyway, Tex again. Um, it's it's good, but I think number one, I thought it was cast pretty shitty. Um, now Matt Dillon is, I think, from New York, and I thought he was good in, like in um, the Outsiders. I think. Did that whole thing take place in Texas or Oklahoma or something like that? And, uh, of course, Rumblefish, that was in New York. But um, Tex, Matt Dillon was okay, but I just, you know. but um, And Meg Tilly was okay. Emilio Estevez was okay. The guy that plays his brother, I thought, just sucked ass. He was fucking horrible. And what the heck else was he in? I looked at, I looked up because I was like, who is this guy? Because he's fucking horrible. And then when I looked him up, he was in something. Let's see. 
he was in something that I recognized like when he got a lot older, but he was uh, he was bad in Tex. Uh, I don't know how the hell he got that part. Where let me let me find a Tex. Tex McCormick. Meg Tilly was really cute. Uh, she dropped off the fa- face of the earth too. Jim Metz- Metzler. And he was in, okay, he was in L.A. Confidential. He was in The River's Edge. He was in Star Trek's Deep Space Nine. Dexter, Special Agent Davis. He was only in one episode of that. Let me get down here and see if I can find some, what else he was in that I, it might have been, uh, he, was, he did a lot of TV. 976 Evil. River's Edge. He played Mr. Burkwaite. I mean, I remember the movie because we reviewed it, but I don't remember him. Uh, he he just sucked. He sucked ass in this fucking movie. He was horrible. And he might have got better, or maybe he was just miscast. Hmm. L.A. Confidential played city councilman, so, you know, that's not like a big part. Uh, nee, nee, nee. Okay, let's get out of here. I can't remember what the... He was really bad, and he, and it really took me out of that movie. And I thought, you know, if Francis Ford Coppola could have uh, directed this one, I'm sure it would have been, like, I would have been sitting there going, God damn, that was good. Um, I watched uh, the list of Adrian Messenger. I've been wanting to see this for a long time. It was out of print. Um, it ha- It's a gimmick movie. Very good. Got Kirk Douglas. Got a big cast. Robert Mitchum, uh, George C. Scott whole bunch of fucking people were in it. Like I was talking about Longest Day, how it has a whole bunch of people in it. Um, I found this kind of confusing, you know, as far as the story goes. It's kind of like a whodunit deal. And uh, like I said, it's it's a little bit of a gimmick movie. Of course, the acting's good in it because he's got all these great actors, but um, it it was a bit of a letdown. And uh, from what I have read, I have a Kirk Douglas kind of filmography coffee table book and uh it was every, everything that they said in that is kind of like the knocks on it and everything is you know what i felt about the movie um uh, but it's worth checking out and it's not out of print anymore like i said uh, i was telling i think rolf maybe uh that um um it's actually here just recently been mass produced because it was in fucking walmart uh um when the new movies came out it was one of the new like classic movies that that came out on uh, dvd and blue i think and um you know mass produced um i watched uh, ghost in the shell again i got that on um uh blu-ray uh on black friday and um uh, watched it on my high def blue smart tv and you know even though i saw the movie in uh the theater and i i thought it was okay but i didn't think it was great and i, li- I like the um the anniversary blu-ray of the uh, uh anime way better my ear is killing me from these headphones um uh, uh, um i i watched it again and i i don't i'm not changing my um opinion because i did say it was visually you know really nice looking and uh, the special effects and everything plus the action uh you know still have the same uh, same critique of it or whatever uh scarlet looks really good but the movie looks really good in blu-ray i mean it's 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 like that that movie speed racer i think emile hirsch was in that sammy and will really liked that one um i bought that one i i, I was a fan of the 
cartoon speed racer but anyway um it looks really good because it's made to look visually stunning but uh eh, jesus christ i'm gonna have cauliflower ears like fucking tito ortiz or something from this headphone uh but uh, it looks really good but i i um you know like i said i watched it and i, th- and I, I enjoyed it uh, but it's still not a great movie uh, I watched Goodbye Lover, and this stars Patricia Arquette, Dermot Mulroney, Ellen DeGeneres, Mary Louise Parker, and Don Johnson. Now, uh, this was on Netflix Instant, and Patricia Arquette, again, I think she's a cross between super-duper cute and super-duper sexy, um, but this movie sucked. <laughs> oh, God, what in the fucking hell these headphones? Ugh. Okay, let me look this up, because I believe that the one of the Coens, if not both of them, have a writing credit on this. And this movie was not very good. Um, yeah, it was bad. Ellen DeGeneres showing off her uh, comedy fucking chops. Roland Joffe. What the hell did he do? Roland Joffe. He did something good. Killing Fields. There you go. Again. Take you right back to where you... You're tying it all together, BB, even though I don't want to. I tied it together. Uh, the Scarlet Letter with... Um, was that um, the guy who played Sid Vicious? <laughs> Gary Oldman? Yeah, Gary Oldman and Demi Moore and Robert Duvall. I need to check that one out. I don't think I saw that. I know the story, of course. But, uh, you know, fucking Sid Vicious banging Demi Moore with her big boobies. That'd be pretty good. Give, it, give her the Scarlet Letter for that. Zip, 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 zip. Okay, Roland Joffe. So anyway, but I think that um, this must have been the shitty movie that he did. Um, he also did the mission with uh, Robert De Niro and the guy from Lolita, Jeremy Irons. Uh, I saw that one a long time ago, and I haven't seen it since probably the one of the first times I saw it. This was when De Niro was at his peak and like uh, Deer Hunter and... Um, course godfather and then uh um angel heart and so he was making anything he wanted to make and he was making really interesting stuff and this also has liam neeson liam uh and aiden quinn who i like both of those guys um robert de niro is a like a fucking uh I guess, soldier. I don't know if he's a... He wasn't conquistador. What the fuck was he? But he was a Spanish uh, soldier. And they were in, I think, South America. And he's going around, like, fucking killing people and shit. And uh, then... Um, Portuguese, I guess. Uh, slave hunter. And, um, you know, the mission. Jeremy Irons is a priest. <laughs> and they crucify go. Oh no, I was just saying because you guys want to see the stuff. Uh, but anyway, that's one that that was really good. I think it was a really good movie, got good reviews and everything. But it's not one that you want to uh, that I ever wanted to go back and watch again. But I like De Niro so much that maybe I will. Ellen DeGeneres <laughs> was she ever good at anything? <laughs> Rolf says that L Storm is good. <laughs> I, had to, I had to make sure when I was looking at his star rating. <laughs> uh, let's see. I started watching Immoral Tales, which is on Netflix. I did not realize that it was a uh, foreign film and it was in subtitles, which is not a big thing. But um, 
it seemed like when I read it, like it said it had like some incestuous stories and uh, taboo sex stories and stuff like that. But then I started watching, I was kind of disappointed, especially a lot of hairy pussy and armpits uh, and hair, like hairy pussy. <laughs> I don't mind uh, if if the woman is like 70s porn uh, pubic hair, uh, but when it's that and starting to go down the inside of their thighs it's like if you're gonna be a movie like this could you please fucking uh try and trim that shit up uh one last shot now one last shot i did not realize this i got it on um itunes and it was like a 99 cent rental it was cheap um it must be the uh precursor to um trailer park boys uh, well, of course, okay. Now, see, I didn't know when I rented it that it was a short film. But it's basically the same characters. You have uh, Ricky and... Um, oh, what's his name? Julian and Ricky and Jim Leahy, who re- in real life just passed away here recently. Um, but it's it's those characters. It doesn't have bubbles in it or anything, but it's still fucking funny. And... Um, I think they're playing... Well, I don't know if they're playing the exact same characters. But they have the same fucking names and everything. But it was pretty entertaining. It was, like I said, it's a short film. But it was worth a watch. And it was kind of funny. I watched Always at the Carlisle, which is a documentary about this hotel in New York. This, uh, You know, when they say uh, whatever happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Well, that's how the Carlisle is in Manhattan. I guess... um, a lot of famous people stay there, and um, the place is um, known for its discretion. But they still told some stories. They actually had some, like uh, uh, George Clooney, John Hamm. Um, I'm trying to think who else was on there. They had like a lot of stars on there talking about staying there uh, and some of the things. And and the the uh, lounge act is is like really. I can't remember what the guy's name is, and it sucks because he was like really famous. Uh, that did his the, the like the lounge act, and they talked about the bar, and you'd see like Mick Jagger sitting over there. Or so, and these people would go specifically to to um, um, see uh, the one guy that was at the um, that did the, the the act in the bar, and then he passed, or no, he passed away. And uh, then they talked a, a lot to the staff, which made me think of the movie, I think, Hotel with uh, Rod Taylor and also Grand Budapest Hotel. Um, Wes, uh, this is a, was it Wes Anderson? Did actually did? No, 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 no. He's, I think he's, he talked about how he got some of the ideas for Grand Budapest Hotel because of this. Uh, Matthew Millet? What else did he do? He directed and wrote it. It's a documentary, of course, like I just said. Uh, what else did he do here as a director? He, everything's Jake, Eavesdrop, Gentleman Gangster. What was that? I think I might have saw that. Gentleman Gangster, the man who organized crime. But then it has absolutely... Okay, no, 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 here it is. Richard Dreyfus. His name was Abner Zwillman, and he was a Jew. To the public, he was known as Longy because of his height. Uh, but to his friends and family, he was simply Abe. During Prohibition, Abner Zillman became the largest bootlegger in the United States were responsible for roughly 40% of the illegal booze. Might need to watch this. Uh, the multi-billion, let's see, a multi-millionaire 
following prohibition, this living embodiment of Fitzgerald's J. Gadsby. Yeah, I might want to check that one out. I'll write that down, too. Sorry, people. i got to take a note. See, this is helping you. Well, I don't know if it's helping you. I was going to say it's helping you and helping me, but you know, uh, this might even actually be on Netflix because a lot of these old documentaries are on there in full. Gangster. 2010, that's not that long ago. Fuck a duck. Uh, Emily does not like Richard Dreyfus because he bumped into her. Uh, scatter my ashes at Bergoff's. Bergorf's. Bergdorf's. This is a boot. Documentary of Manhattan Department Store with interviews, an array of fashion designers. See, I kind of like stuff like this, you know. Might check that one out, too. Uh, I can't write all that down. You guys will get fucking bored to death. I'll go back and find it. Uh, crazy about Tiffany's. Harry Benson's shoot for Harry Benson shoot first always at the Carlisle and Pakula is that about Alan Jay? Uh, Pakula the whole damn thing encompasses the personal and professional life of Alan Jay Pakula that would be good. The spans such iconic masterworks as To Kill a Mockingbird and All the President's Men, and um, yeah, that's going to be a good one. I don't think that one's out yet. Um, Pakula, they don't have a. I don't, know, I don't think post-production okay that one I want to see for sure that sounds like that would be really cool um, I think the Harry Benson he's the guy that did like all the black and white photos I remember seeing like uh, there would be like candid shots of um, Robert Blake and his wife in their kitchen cooking or um, Steve McQueen and his wife at the dinner table like just he would do these photo shoots where they were just supposedly in their everyday life I don't know how much they were staged or not but anyway so that is Matthew Millier M-I-E-L-E uh, always at the Carlisle it's okay it's pretty it's pretty cool it makes you kind of want to go stay at one of those I always said I wanted I would like to uh, go to like one of these old hotels like that if I had the money and just live there where you could go down in like the uh, lobby and read the paper in the morning and and uh, you know and people would be going in and out that were just staying there but there would also be people there kind of like Grand Budapest where there's people that uh, um, actually live there too um, let's see the kindergarten teacher this is with Maggie Gyllenhaal I thought this was really good it kind of reminded me of um um fuck's that goddamn movie that I like with her about Sherry <laughs> oh I'm just drawing a blank I want to say oh Sherry but that was the uh, that was a Steve Perry song Sherry Darling uh, this is kind of like a nice companion piece to that uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal it's a nice little uh, nice little movie um, basically she's a kindergarten teacher and she kind of <sighs> always wanted to be more uh, and encourages her children to, uh, much to their, like, chagrin. She's always trying to push them to be more artistic and everything and this and that. And um, it's a, it, she develops a relationship with this little, uh, God, a, like a kindergarten kid or something. And it's pretty good. I, as I never heard of it. It's a thing, like, probably a low-budget movie, but um, that one is on... I got it on iTunes. It was not on um, Netflix Instant. I watched uh, Ronnie Coleman, The King. Generation Iron presents Ronnie Coleman, The King. Um, of course, I have my views on bodybuilding. 
I mean, I used to lift weights and stuff like that, but I'm I'm very against uh, people or against steroids. But then again, when I think about it, um, it's like any other kind of recreational drug, whether it's pot or whatever. I think they should legalize all of it because even with the steroids and stuff, you see, I just saw a thing the other day about a, a young bodybuilder um, who injected um, steroids into his thigh. And, of course, since it's illegal, he bought them on the black market, whether he got them in Mexico or wherever he got them. They don't go th- if they're not uh, going through the same um, standards as pharmaceutical drugs, and it was tainted or contaminated, and he's got an infection so bad in his leg, and they showed it. They, they're trying to get the infection out, like having to cut parts of it out, and they had his leg sewed up, and it was probably like a... a 12 inch scar on his thigh and the infection was is so bad that uh, they didn't I guess they didn't get it all or it's spreading and the fucking thing just bust all the stitches open uh, he's doing a GoFundMe on YouTube and it's really sad because he's just some young guy and he is holding up his camera and talking to you and basically he's either looking at they're going to cut his leg off or he's going to die because the infection, if it spreads anymore and they can't, and the antibiotics that they're just pumping into him, these milkshake of antibiotics, this guy is literally going to die and he has no insurance. Um, So anyway, the Ronnie Coleman story, when I first started watching, I was like, Jesus Christ, look at this guy. I mean, he's so fucking grotesquely huge. And today's bodybuilders get so big um, that they don't even look I get they look good to some people, but like Arnold Schwarzenegger, he even talked about it in Pumping Iron, where they try you want to look almost like a, a statue of a Greek god, where you're aesthetically pleasing. You have the small tapered waist and the V shape up to your shoulders and everything. Uh, these guys they call them mass monsters, where they take so many steroids that the whole thing is just getting bigger and bigger. Uh, this guy, he probably had like 4% body fat at competition time and weighed 300 pounds. He's just nothing but muscle and 300 pounds. He even said, he goes, I knew I was too big because he goes, I couldn't even bend over. Well, now he won eight Mr. Olympias, which is the biggest bodybuilding thing in the world. He won eight of those. He's a a total icon and he's like going to be in a wheelchair because he lifted so much weight, so many, the, the, the steroids make your muscles bigger, make you you know, you're like a Superman. You can jump like crazy and fucking these CrossFit guys. And everybody's like, "Oh, that's CrossFit." You know, they're all the 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 professional CrossFit guys or and women are all on steroids. That's why they can jump fucking uh, eight feet in the goddamn air and shit and look like the the women still look you know like male bodies and everything. But they just take less or train differently or whatever. But he lifted so much and so heavy that you know your bones don't grow and your ligaments don't grow and your and it's like a bridge you put so much weight on it uh even a steel girder the stress it made his you know the disc in his back fucking bulging disc ruptured disc uh your spine superstar billy graham the the wrestler that first was the big first big steroid guy um he was the hulk hogan of his time i mean you know 
he was six foot like four and now he's five foot eleven because his spine basically collapsed and he had to have all these vertebrae fused uh had to have his ankle fused had to have two hip surgeries um his liver is completely dried up he had to have a liver transplant uh and they put the new liver in and now that one's drying up on him stuff these guys it's the roy batty thing i probably said this on the show before but it's the roy batty thing from blade runner which is the candle that burns twice as brightly burns half as long you can take this shit and it will make you this god but like arnold with the heart problems and you know all these so anyway ron coleman and the thing that gets you the most about this even if you're not interested in bodybuilding uh the um it's a good documentary I'm not sure that everybody would like it, but the thing that that struck me the most is, number one, he's got little kids. He's a really good father, and he has a super positive attitude. Even though he's been in, like, constant physical pain uh, every day for I don't know how long now, and in the the show, he's, he's... He's still, he still he has like a body dysmorphia kind of um, obsession. Like uh, some people have that body dysmorphia thing to the point of losing weight that they become anorexic. Well, a lot of these um, weightlifters, bodybuilders, and fitness athletes and stuff like that have this body obsession thing that they, they have to get bigger. They have to get bigger. They have to get stronger. And they, they're destroying themselves. It's, a, it's like an insecurity thing psychologically, but also... A self-destructive thing because the doctor even told him. I mean, he's walk. You know the crutches that um, that clamp to your forearms. He has to walk with those. And the guy's driving a fucking Rolls Royce SUV. He's got all kind of money, uh, but he has to walk with those. And he's walking crooked because his back's so fucked up. Uh, but he still goes to the gym. He can't lift anything like what he used to. He was doing like squats with 800 pounds, but. He still goes to the gym, and the doctor even said, I think he would be a lot healthier, happier, and feel better. He should not be lifting weights, but he goes anyway, because he's like, it's like an obsession, I guess. Um, but the thing is, and everybody would even say this, even when he was competing, he's such a nice guy. He's always got a smile on his face. He'd say, I'm in tremendous pain, because he had like uh, screws in his spine, and they showed the x-ray, and these screws are sticking out, and he says, they're causing me like, uh, you know horrible pain every day so they had to go and he was having like his seventh or eighth back operation and everything so it's a really super nice guy like i said a great dad and everything and you almost you know he did it to himself but you know i i hate even like somebody who's a, a you know a drug addict that can't get off drugs and all this and that it's to see anybody suffer especially when they're not a total fucking asshole when they're like a nice person it's a, it, it sucks to see somebody go through that even at their own doing but that's like if somebody tries to commit suicide or something you know a self-destructive kind of thing you know there's something there that's that really is causing them to be that way um what else did i watch and then i'm gonna get off the one movie i want to watch that i'm looking for is um um uh, Cattle Annie and Little Britches. <laughs> and that sounds like funny, but this is one of those. I was talking to one of my friends at work last night about Peter Fonda, and he said, Did he ever do anything good, or is he just riding on his dad's name? After Easy Rider, did he ever do anything good? And I was like, Yeah, you know, because he doesn't know that much about movies. Um, um, but 
the thing I was, I kind of told him, I said, yeah, you know, Peter Fonda came from the, like, you know, of course his dad and Henry Fonda, but, um, he was in a lot of Roger Corman movies and I told him about Roger Corman and how he made these movies and, uh, you know, uh, very cheap, very fast, but they were really profitable. And he produced like, you know, all these Peter Bogdanovich, uh, and all these different, you know, directors and actors that came from Ron Howard and everything that came from the Roger Corman. Not, uh, I want to say the Roger Corman school. It wasn't. It was a, kind of a school, but it wasn't a school. You know, they worked on his movies, and he would say, "Hey, go shoot this," and he would give him a chance, like Peter Bogdanovich. Hey, you be second uh, second unit director. Go over and shoot this for me. And that's how they got started. Um, but anyway, so I explained that to him, and I was like, you know, talking about Peter Fonda and uh, some of the movies that he was in, like. Um, you know, Hell's, uh, uh, the biker movies like Hell's Angels and uh, and then, of course, Easy Rider, uh, Race with the Devil, um, Dirty Mary, Crazy Larry, and then all the way up to, to uh, Yuli's Gold when he was older. You know, got really good reviews for that. And the one, uh, what's the one? Uh, Wanda Nevada with Brooke Shields and Henry Fonda was in that. I think that might have been the only time they worked together. My mouse is losing the battery, Daddy O. But anyway, I was telling him about Henry, uh, about Peter Fonda because I'm I'm uh, rereading. I got the wild hair up my ass about Peter Fonda and, and was rereading um, his biography, which I really like because you know you got a lot of stuff in there about um, uh, him and Dennis Hopper, but also uh, Peter Fonda. The, the 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 things that I like the most are the stories about. Um, when he is getting older and he's like hanging out with David Crosby and um, uh, Roger McGuinn from the birds. And, you know, there was a lot of counterculture people at that time, like the Woodstock crowd. And they kind of were friends and they did some drugs together and shit. And uh, him going over to uh, Europe and screwing some, some of these women and stuff and, you know, hanging out with Dennis Hopper and them, getting along and not getting along and i think that uh peter fonda was pretty much responsible for keeping that friendship alive because dennis was so fucked up but you know people think of dennis hopper as being a hippie but dennis hopper was uh you know let's say you know at one point he was going to wanted to play charles manson and he was going and interviewing charles manson in prison and everything this is dennis hopper and then when you see um american dreamer i've spoken about this before on the show um if you think about charles manson this american dreamer was shot at the time that dennis hopper was thinking about playing charles manson going and interviewing him in prison and stuff like that and then american dreamer when you watch it you can see dennis hopper acting kind of manson-esque with they they had that um that ranch or whatever in Taos, uh, New Mexico, and how the the people in the town hated him because they thought they were a bunch of dirty hippies and everything. But they thought Charles Manson, all these people thought Charles Manson was a hippie, and he's out there with those drugged-up hippies and everything. But Charles Manson was more like a Nazi and a fascist uh, who his ideas, like he ruled like a cult leader and everything over these people and that's how Dennis was at one point 
when he was doing all these drugs and him and his brother and everything they had that compound and all this shit and the the townspeople were like we're gonna go out there and get those fucking hippies and run them out of town (coughs) but what they didn't realize was that dennis was not like a free love peace and love hippie dennis was a guy who knew fucking karate and had a whole shitload of guns and assault rifles and shit (laughs) So they went. They had a big meeting, the like the the PTA or some uh, city council or whatever had this big meeting at this high school, I think gymnasium or something, and they were going to talk about, hey, we need to, get, you know, this is bullshit. These assholes out there doing drugs and their long hair and all this shit. Well, Dennis and his, I think his brother just show up at the meeting and they had like ponchos on. Like I, I got the idea of like you know Clint Eastwood and. Um, a fistful of dollars. Uh, he's got that poncho that he flips over his shoulder when he's getting ready to shoot somebody. And they had these fucking ponchos on him when they walked in the place, like right in the middle of this big meeting. And they walk out in the middle of the floor and they said, "You know, here we're here to address this place, this this uh, this meeting you're having too about uh, you know us." And they flipped the ponchos back and they had like fucking uh, uh, machine guns. <laughs> Of assault rifles or machine guns or something underneath there, and they said, "Any anybody anybody comes out here and fucks with us, you know, we're we're not gonna we're not peace loving hippies. We will defend ourselves." And then everybody left them alone. I think. But so anyway, I was telling him it's kind of cool. Uh, that's what my friend Brian. He's really into. He loves music. He's into music, and uh, but still, we talk about music a lot. And he'll tell me about like you know Steve Earle did this or or different like the Allman Brothers. He likes the Allman Brothers, Dwayne Allman, and uh, and we'll talk about things like that. And there's certain groups that he hates that I like. Um, like he hates Peter Frampton, and I and, and I'm not like the world's biggest Peter. I'm not like jacking off thinking about Peter Frampton, but I lived through Frampton Comes Alive, which was the biggest album of that time. This huge album that made him a huge star. And but I think I I actually laugh my ass off and and talk about Peter Frampton just because he hates Peter Frampton and he hates Kiss and so I'll say something about Kiss and this other guy that we know goes I like Kiss you know I'm like so anyway. But so we'll talk about that and talk about different music and different guitars and everything. And I was telling him about Peter Fonda hanging out with, um, you know, um, uh, David Crosby and, um, like I said, uh, Roger McGuinn and these different people like that from the Birds. And Peter Fonda had this 12 string guitar and, and he, and he, they were driving down, I think it was Jane's either boyfriend or I don't know if it was her hus- first husband or boyfriend. Uh, some European guy, and they were driving in this guy's like, uh, wasn't a Ferrari, but it was something like that, two seater. Jane sitting on Peter's lap, and their brother and sister. I mean, they're really. He was younger than her, but really close in age. Like my sister's like ten months older than me. It was sort of like that deal, and so you know they always got along. You know they grew up as like best friends and everything. And so they're singing as they're driving, and this guy, I think he hated peter or he said he thought he was uh, kind of jealous of him or something. and he's peter's playing his guitar and jane's sitting, somehow sitting on his lap and they're singing a song and the guy who's like getting pissed and he's driving real fast and he just like fucking jerked the car real fast to the side and peter's fucking uh the the um head of his uh 12 string smashed up against this wall and fucked up his guitar so, anyway but like stories like that and and it's i'm just getting into the easy rider part which is interesting too and if you um um 
I do recommend the documentary Breaking the Breaking the Cage, uh, which was the documentary they did about the making of Easy Rider. Just uh, it's probably been ten years now, but it's really good. Um, and then the guy he was telling me he goes like I said something about Jack Nicholson. Uh, you know, he was one of the Corman's guys too, and that um, you know they they he was an Easy Rider. It was a Peter said, "I'll produce Dennis. You direct." And they got Terry Southern to write the uh, screenplay. So those three guys are the guys that made probably the, you know all the money off of it, which it didn't cost anything, and they made a shitload of money. Um, kind of like Max Bear and um, Junior in uh, uh, Making County Line, or Tom Laughlin and Billy Jack, and those kind of movies where you know they they made these independent movies that cost nothing, and they made a shitload of money. And then Hollywood says, "Man, look at this." They can make a shitload, uh, a shitload of money off of, and hardly spend anything, so we need to do this. And they gave Dennis a uh, shitload of money, and he made Last Picture, uh, the last movie, and it sucked. <laughs> Say what you want. Some people like it as a Yodorowsky-type movie. I like Dennis Hopper, and I've watched all his movies, but man, that one, I just don't know. But anyway, so what I was going to say was, the movie that I want to see, and it's out of print, and I'm trying to find it, is Cattle Annie and Little Britches. Uh, they have parts of it on YouTube, like it's broken into like four parts, but I don't think it's the whole movie. Now, this movie was made in 1981, and what I was explaining to my friend Brian was, when I was talking about Peter Fonda, I said he, he was kind of a pioneer in like these early 70s movies, um, and late 60s with the biker movies and stuff with Corman. Um, but I was telling him about these revisionist westerns and how, you know, like in the in the old days, uh, you had like Randolph Scott, John Wayne, and, uh, you know, Jimmy Stewart, Henry Fonda, and these guys that made these westerns, and it was the good guy and the bad guy. Now, some of them, you know, well, I guess I was going to say some of them turn, didn't follow that that much, like... Uh, High Noon was considered some fucking commie propaganda or something. <clears throat> but anyway, um, but you know what I'm saying, the, the classic Western, good guy, bad guy, the Indians are bad, the whites are good, or whatever, and this and that. And I was telling him about how in the 70s with the Vietnam era, uh, people did not want to see this idealized uh, myth mythology, and they wanted stuff that was more real. And I was telling him about like uh, the movie Dirty Little Billy with Michael J. Pollard, or the movie Doc with uh, Stacy Keach and Faye Dunaway about uh, uh, Doc Holliday, and and you know how the Erp gang in that movie, or the Erps in that movie, were just about as criminal. I mean, they ran brothels and and uh, gambling and saloons and stuff like that. And maybe the the cowboys weren't as bad as they are made out to be in a lot of these movies and shit like that. So they kind of stood the old western genre on its on its ear. And Peter Fonda did that with um, the hired hand. And then <coughs> you had. Uh, I'm sorry for coughing in your ear there. Um, uh, the shooting with. Um, Jack Nicholson fucking plays a total asshole in that, but it's a really good movie. Uh, and what was the other Warren Oates movie? Reap, was that Reap the Whirlwind? Or, let's see. Warren Oates was so good. It's too bad that he didn't, uh, you know, that he died. And, but him and, Peter, him and Peter Fonda were really good friends. 
Uh, Two Lane Blacktop, of course, I love that movie. Barcaro was really good with Lee Van Cleef and Warren Oates as the bad guy. Um, Hired Hand. Okay, that's Peter Fonda and uh, Warren Oates, I believe. Am I correct? Yes. Who else is that? Peter Fonda directed that one, too. Warren Oates, Verna Bloom. That was a good movie. I need to watch that. I haven't seen it since the VHS days, and I'd like to watch it again. I'm sure I'd get more out of it now that I'm an old fart. Um, what was the other one I'm thinking of? Okay, more notes was in the shooting. I think that's what it was called with uh, Jack Nicholson. The Big Valley, that was my TV show, and he was on that. He was in a lot of West. Yeah, the shooting. Um, the, who directed that one? I want to give you guys some info. Monty Hellman. That was a Monty Hellman movie. No wonder it was really good. Uh, Jack Nichols. I hate his fucking guts in that. Uh, the girl, Millie Perkins. She was really hot. Um, what else was she in? She was in Wall Street, but she must have been a lot older then. Diary of Anne Frank, 1959. Did she play Anne Frank? Yes, she did. Young and the Restless. Hmm. I haven't watched that in a long time, though, so I don't know any of the new characters. I know Eric Braden, who was on the Rat Patrol and was in the One Planet of the Apes movie. Diary of Anne Frank. <sighs> but anyway, watch The Shooting. It's a, it's a really good movie, if you haven't seen it. That's one that I found on VHS when the VHS stores first started. Great big fucking clamshell box. But Warren Oates, Jack Nicholson is a piece of shit in that. And Warren Oates is the kind of the nice guy. It's very good. Uh, there was another one, though. Wasn't there one called Reap the Whirlwind or Reap the Wild Wind? Well, one of those names is a John Wayne movie about sea, sea captain, but I'm, that might be what I'm thinking of, and I'm getting screwed up, of course, Wild Bunch. Lancer was a TV show. Barcaro, that was Lee Van Cleef. There was a Crooked Man, that was... Kirk Douglas and Henry Fonda. Kirk Douglas is in prison in a, uh, like a, not a chain gang, but he's in like a prison out in the Old West, and Henry Fonda is the warden. That's a that's a pretty good movie. War Notes, that was one of those ones almost like The Wild Bunch, where he was not like one of, he was a, um, had a big part, but he was like one of the gang. Tulane Blacktop, which I love. I need to watch that again soon, if I can get down there in my dungeon and find it in one of those boxes. Cockfighter, Badlands, of course I love that, Dillinger. Did not love Bring Me the Head of Alfredo Garcia, no matter how much I watch it. I must be thinking of another movie, and now I can't fucking find it. China 9, Liberty 37, Brink's Job, I like that. Brink's Job was a, um, what's him call it? William Friedkin movie. It's a funny movie, I like it. Peter Boyle and Peter Falk, Sergeant Hulka. Okay, so anyway, I need to go back, but I, I might be thinking of a, either another Peter Fonda movie, where I'm getting, I'm probably getting The Shooting and um, The One, The Shooting and uh, Hired Hand mixed up. So anyway, Cattle Annie and Little Britches is kind of a revisionist western. It's about the Doolin, Dalton gang, Doolin and Daltons. Uh, it's kind of like uh, what you had, the, the James and um, Younger gang, Cole Younger and Jesse James and the, the brothers there. Uh, but this has a great cast. Scott Glenn, when he was really young. Diane Lane, 
course, from, you know, I was talking about the Outsiders and uh, Streets of Fire and everything, and she was such a little hottie. Burt Lancaster, right? Amanda Plummer, who was Honey Bunny from, uh, well, she was in a lot of stuff, but Honey Bunny in uh, Pulp Fiction. Rod Steiger, John Savage from The Deer Hunter, and um, what was I just saying? Oh, and he was in Salvador. William Russ, who was on Wise Guy, the TV show. Uh, but it's got a nice cast, and I can't fucking find this son of a bitch anywhere. Um, but I would like to watch it. It's a true story and everything. I even looked up, uh, I thought maybe it was, you know, I knew that, I've heard of the Doolin Dalton gang, but uh, Cattle Annie and Little Britches, I thought maybe that was kind of just like they they made a story about these two girls, and it uh, is like them in the time of the Doolin Dalton, but they were actually real people too. So anyway, I want to watch that one. So I was, like I said, that's just somehow I got off on another tangent about some other shit. So I'm trying to find that one. Dig. And come on, computer. What's the deal, Pickle? What time we got here? Because my mouse is running out of batteries. And 2.14. I don't think there's that much more. Like Rolf had a few here, other ones here I'd like to give a shout out to. The Curse of the Cat People from 1944. He kind of liked that one, not that much. <laughs> the Cat of Nine Tails, 1971. He liked that one. That was Carl Malden. We had a dis- nice discussion about Carl Malden playing bad guys, and Rolf does not like westerns. I watched uh, Sniper again with um, Tom Berenger and Billy Zane, which I like. Um, I watched Inherent Vice again. I like the movie, but it is confusing. It's kind of a cross between a um, between like the Big Lebowski and um, which when I first went to see it I thought it was like you know when Pulp Fiction came out and everybody was trying to do their kind of Tarantino like movie and that's what I kind of thought this one was going to be like but it wasn't that funny and it's the the plot of course they're like a bunch of potheads and stuff. Uh, Pothead Detective and everything, which I thought was a cool concept and all that. And I liked uh, Josh Brolin in this as Bigfoot. Uh, and um, um, Joaquin Phoenix, I almost said Benicio Del Toro, but Joaquin Phoenix has Wolverine sideburns like uh, Logan or James. What's his real name now? Shit. Fuck it. Who cares? Um, anyway, but like Wolverine. Uh, but he's a big pothead and he wears like some pants that have like these stripes 70s pants and they're kind of i mean i like the whole look of it and everything and it's got some hot girls in it um ladies whatever um but it's i'm torn because i kind of like it but it's really long and confusing the the story is kind of confusing like you know big lebowski uh, you know (laughs) whatever i don't want to go for that uh speaking of the big lebowski i watched um Color High Water again. Jeff Bridges is awesome in that. Chris Pine uh, has that movie star good look kind of a deal. And it's got some good action in it. I watched Don't Look Now, which I have never seen before and I've been wanting to see because I love Julie Christie and I think she's just so pretty. Uh, Donald Sutherland. I have seen the movie poster for this for a long time and but I didn't know anything about it and other than that Donald Sutherland and Julie Christie had a sex scene in it that some people said they were actually really having sex and it was supposed to be really like risque and they showed like a, a shitload of nudity for the time. Uh, I thought it was pretty good. It's a psychological thriller, um, but not like great. I didn't think it was great, but um, 
it was it was really different. So I might I don't know if I would watch it again. Julie Christie's so good looking. Oh. Ooh. Uh and you know, even now that she's like an older person, she always she kept her looks. Um what else we have here? Free Fire. I've watched that so many times now cuz I I just think it's great. Um I watched Free Fire probably five times in a week because it's it's it just has so much there so many so the, all the characters are hashed out and interesting and funny in their own way and they're such at like they're such assholes to each other and everything i hate ted nugent but even in the trailer they play uh uh like i think they play like the uh uh the song free for all and i don't you know i didn't mind ted nugent's music it's just again like john voight like uh craig t nelson and um whoever else he turned into one of these fucking uh uh opportunistic he 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 fell off the planet earth and to he's like i don't know i don't want to get into politics but it's just like a fucking dumb shithead but anyway free fire this is the ben wheatley movie that i could probably like um uh field in england um was a skyscraper trying to think of his movies but um none there's none of them that i really want to revisit i think he's really talented and he makes some really fucked at kill list uh sightseers sightseers i would watch again because it's funny it's really dark comedy um and free fire i fucking i love that fucking movie i don't know why well i know why I, it just entertains the shit out of me and and uh um army hammer and brie um uh, Larson and Charlotte um, Copley. I really like it. Everybody in it I like. And I love all the dialogue and everything. I watched a making of when they were talking about the squibs and how they would have to shoot stuff and help. Everybody was having such a good time that they would just hang out on the set. And when they weren't, most of the time people had to be, no matter what, they had to be in the shot. So even if they weren't doing anything, if they were supposed to be laying somewhere, they would have to lay there because the way he shot it, you know, he would either be on a dolly or pan pan around and everything. And he wanted people to be, he wanted continuity in, in like if Brie Larson was laying here and you could, uh, 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 when they panned around later on, he wanted her leg to be in the same place because she was in the background. So if they put if he put you in a place, then you ha- you didn't necessarily have to say it, but they would mark it off, and you'd have to go back and get in that same position because he wanted he didn't want like okay she's supposed to be right there, but two days later when they're shooting it and they go back okay well she's not there so she like when they say in a movie like so and so is drinking a glass of water and it's half full in one part and then two seconds later when they cut back to him it's full and then they go back and it's three quarters full or whatever he wanted it to be consistent but they all said they had a really good time and i think that movie's fucking hilarious (coughs) excuse me i found a movie and this is going to be the last thing i'll talk about i think uh, because uh, let's see, first reformed with Ethan Hawke was really good. Not at what I expected at all. Uh, I thought he had a really good performance in that. Uh, watch Wind River again, and don't think that much more of it than I did the first time. And what's her name's got a nice ass. She's very good looking. Castlevania. I watched one episode of that. I'll have to get back to it. Um, and let me go back over here because I have not watched this yet. But I wanted to. I wanted to. Uh, 
mention it. Two things I'm going to be watching here shortly are Street Smart with uh, Christopher Reeves and Morgan Freeman. And the other one, let me let me bring it up here real quick because I don't know anything about it. I didn't even know it existed. And uh, I found it. Okay, bastard, bring it up. That's not it. That's 1913. Maybe it has a different name. It's got a different name. Okay. Um, now, the on iTunes, maybe they're saying, when I looked at the date, it said like 2010, I think. And that's why I was wondering, how the hell did I never see this or hear about it? Um, on uh, It's called Legion of Honor now. I guess, well, I guess this is its original title, but it was released in 2002 as Deserter. Uh, the reason it caught my eye is because Tom Hardy is in it. And on the iTunes box, it says Tom Hardy at the top, and it's just a picture of him wearing a beret looking down. And I thought, well, the fuck, this is a goddamn Tom Hardy movie that came out, and I don't know anything about it. Well, it was out in 2002 now, so that's why. And I guess they must have just released it on uh, digital download or DVD. So anyway, I still want to watch it. I watched the trailer for it, and I thought it looked really good. And I've watched several, at least a couple, uh, documentaries about the French Foreign Legion. And that's what this is about. And so um, I want to check it out. So maybe get a, check that one out. And the other one was Street Smart. This is one that I don't think I have ever seen. I remember it, uh, uh, Cisco and Ebert gave it. Uh, I think a really good review and I never got around to seeing it I don't believe now when I start watching watching it it may come back to me because it was put out in 1987 uh, it may be one of those ones that was on HBO a bunch and I just but I don't think I've seen it I know the concept because like I said I used to I used to watch Cisco and Ebert like religiously uh, and I, when it was on PBS um, New York journalist lies when his fake story about a uh, about a pimp describes a real pimp or describes a real pimp up for murder. So anyway, I want to check this one out. It was on iTunes, and I think it was like a 99-cent rental. So I will be talking about that. It's also got Mimi Rogers in it, Morgan Freeman. Who else? But again, like I said, I don't know any, that much about it, and I want to check it out. So anyway, people, like I said, I, Loaf and I had talked about putting out another episode with... And I did not even mention the two movies we were going to talk about. And then we've, I think we've gotten with all the shit, you know, the this time of year and everything, and just haven't even fucking talked about anything or talked at all since then. And so, okay, I won't mention those because maybe we'll talk about them on the next show when we do them together. Um, but anyway, I'm going to get off here and... Like I said, Christmas time's coming around. Thanksgiving was just around, so everybody's really busy and stuff. And uh, I was kind of getting in the habit of doing these solo deals. And then we talked about doing that episode. And like I said, I haven't talked to him since. Um, so I like you know I've been real busy too. But I think Steve on the group said, "Hey, when's next Silver and Gold?" episode coming out and i just thought to myself you know what i'm gonna jump on here and and get one out to you it's been a while and uh we're we got a good uh two hours and 25 minutes that's not too bad is it so what do you think 
Oh my God! Wait a minute. Uh, before I go, Rolf sent uh, some feedback, so I wanted to mention that. Um, let's see what he says here. And the, you got a couple questions here. So, um, okay. I don't know if Rolf wants me to read the whole fucking thing or not. Let's see. Uh, this is your all-time biggest fan. Or I should do it in a German accent, but it'd probably be horrible. So I'll do it in a Scottish accent. <laughs> no. Uh, all-time biggest fan, at least in Germany. No, I don't know about that either, Rolf, because we're pretty big in Germany. Uh, finally managing to send some feedback to you guys. I know this is appreciated, but hey, you deserve only the best. Oh, and if Loaf didn't read this on the show or forgets about it, or remembers just before the show gets uh, closed, uh, give me the next time treatment. I will not appreciate it. So I almost did that, and I luckily saw it before we closed out. And there were some there were some things I want to talk about. Um, you guys never do this to me, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Right. Okay. So anyway, he only had he said he only had two topics to discuss. Um, Happy to see Zom jumping on the classic porn uh, wagon lately, which leads to uh, the most important question. Vintage porn versus present-day porn. Okay, which what's better and why? Okay, so let me say that first, so we'll get to this. Okay, I think it's almost like um, the movie Boogie Nights with, um, you know, when Burt Reynolds is directing, and toward the end when everything's going to... I wouldn't say, I think in the movie they made it sound like more um, when the video days came around because he was shooting in film. Because this was John Holmes, basically a fictionalized version of John Holmes' movie. And they were shooting everything in film. Now, those old, now they had old loops back then, which were, you know, <coughs> excuse me, 8mm, Super 8, maybe 16mm or something film. Because that's all you had. Everybody had their little home movie projector that, you know, we had one that played Mr. Magoo and we had like cartoons and you would shoot your own home movies. Um, but so anyway, I mean, you know, they had the old loops back then and some of the, you know, the, the, the people that were the stars of that time started out doing those. Um, but what I was going to say was Burt Reynolds said, you know, they, they have no class and, um, uh, um, uh, that he made movie actual movies and when you go back and look at some of the like the 70s adult films um a lot of the you know they did have more of a story they would actually tell a story and and they're you know had of course hardcore sex in it you know scenes or whatever uh and some of them were really bad stories and some of them weren't bad at all you know they were they were pretty good and you know it wasn't like goddamn citizen kane or something that would be like a new the new porn there would be a movie called absolutely not citizen kane but they'd have the it would be just like citizen kane with fucking but they would say this is not the brady bunch you know so anyway the older movies of course everybody looked more like a real human being uh you didn't have the breast implants and the you know super tan breast implants um and the people were built more like real people the guys weren't like super duper muscular or whatever um and in some ways that it works because it's more realistic uh like i said the women you had some that were really attractive and some of them that looked like the the mom next door and some of them that weren't that good looking uh of course you had the more hair but that was just the um the 
the style of the time because I remember growing up where I had an actual girl tell me that if a guy liked a woman who had a shaved cooch, uh, that meant he was a pedophile because little girls have no hair down there and they want no hair down there. And I tried to explain, you know, and we were talking about this, uh, me and a couple of my friends were talking about this, uh, for some reason, I don't know why, just recently, I mean like last night, um, about the stupid things that people think when they're younger and inexperienced and just dumb. And I tried to explain to her, so, you know, like, no, if a guy likes a girl that shaves down there, it probably it might have something to do more with, like, if you like to perform oral sex, you don't, like, okay, a penis actually, uh, when it's erect, like, comes out uh, it's like out of the pubic hair so they don't you're you're not getting a big mouthful of hair but if you're like uh performing oral sex on a on a woman uh especially back in the day when that was more the au natural look you're pretty much having to put your your entire mouth in a big bunch of, of hair so you can get hair in your mouth and i've said this before as a joke and it's also serious it's kind of hard to be try and be sexy when you're trying to uh, nonchalantly, without them seeing, reach back in the back of your throat uh, to get the little curly hair that is practically gagging you uh, out of your throat. So anyway, and then another thing was the gr- the one girl told me that uh, any uh, if a girl lets a guy do her doggy style, that is degrading, and only whores do that. And I'm like. Uh, no. <laughs> and then another one was, um, what was the other one? Oh, a girl that I dated said, and this is just out of the blue. I mean, we weren't like having sex or anything. We were driving down the road talking. And uh, she said that any guy that wants to have anal sex with a, with a woman, like, you know, screw a woman in the ass, is secretly gay. Because he wants to screw her in the ass instead of screwing her in the vagina. So that means he's secretly gay because gay guys screw each other in the ass. Now, this is the kind of shit that people, used, these like women, would say to me. And I was like, no, okay, let me, let me tell you. Okay, if a guy is having anal sex with a woman, that's still heterosexual sex. And that doesn't mean that he wants to that he is attracted to a guy or he wants to have sex with a guy. It just feels different and it might be exciting because it's taboo or whatever. But uh, but they, they, you know, just have this thing like that. So anyway, getting back to the porn. Uh, between the present day... Okay, of course, the present day looks better because, like, now, I mean, shit, you can get online and the shit's in HD. Um, the people are a lot more fit of course now i know a guy and he's dating a girl and she has breast implants then one day i found a clip from like johnny carson the tonight show johnny carson and adrian barbeau this is when she was on maud the tv show maud and she played maud's daughter and adrian barbeau had big natural breasts and she came out and she didn't have a bra on, you know, because in, in the 70s that was great because these girls, these women, actresses and stuff would come out and they didn't wear a bra or whatever. And you're like, Jesus Christ. So she comes out and I was like, hey, check this out. And I was showing it to him and he goes, her boobs don't look that big and they're kind of like flat or whatever. But the thing is, people have gotten so used to 
uh, the fake breasts that even when they're laying flat on their back, they stand up and they're round, that when they see a woman with like natural large breasts, they're like, well, they don't look that big or they don't, you know, and I'm like, you're just used to, you've been brainwashed to this, you know, whatever. So anyway, um, modern day looks better. You you hardly ever have like a full length feature. Uh, it's mostly just scenes, and uh, of course, you have stuff that's so hard and so extreme. Now, whatever turns you on, and if the person doesn't, if it, you know, as long as it's consensual and everything, uh, people are turned on by different things. One person's. Uh, shit sandwich is another person's pumpkin pie or whatever. I know what I'm trying to say, but you know, you may not be turned on by somebody getting their ass whipped with a riding crop and think that's disgusting and violent and this and that. Some people might like it. They might get off on it for whatever reason. But I would have to say of the modern... And and of course the people are more attractive, more fit. Uh, The guys in the new porn, of course almost all of them are fucking huge as far as their stuff their penis uh whereas it back in the in like especially like in the 70s you had like john holmes and a couple people that were considered almost more like oddities because they had really big dicks but for the most part a lot of the guys were just normal size um i would say you know, you have something for everybody. Nowadays, there's just so much of it, too. Uh, and just about every fetish and everything's covered. I think that, to me, I mean, like a lot of the older stuff is just more... Because it's... But you had some shit, too, back then. You know, you had some movies. Especially, and then when you got into the 80s, you, you had good and bad all with, you know, all the time. And I'm sure you had rough stuff. Uh, and... um I know, like, some of the uh, stag films and stuff. I mean, they had bestiality uh, loops and, and videos back then. You had probably, like, a lot, some of the stuff with, like, European, like, German scat. No offense, Rolf. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. But yeah, some of the European stuff was uh, a lot more into the fetish. Stuff, or maybe we just didn't see it over here. It existed over here, probably. We just didn't see it. Plus, you, depending on the laws, like uh, the Tracy Lords. Uh, this is in the in the 80s. With the the, I go by the generations of like the 70s would be like Seika, Desiree Cousteau, Annette Haven. Um, I'm trying to think who else. Lisa Deleu <laughs> and John Holmes and. Um, um, trying to think of Veronica Hart and people like that and then the 80s were the Ginger Lynn, Christy Canyon, Tracy Lords, Amber Lynn uh, era uh, when that was the big video boom but the Tracy Lords movies over here that we watched because nobody knew that she was underage started at 15 um, she only made one movie that was when she was of age and that was uh, Tracy I Love You which was her last movie and the only one she put out so she made a bunch of money off of it and then she came out and said you know she was underage so all the other shit gets taken off the market and it's illegal to have it in the United States and uh, even though we've all watched all this shit and it's still on on, uh, the internet right now uh, because the internet's worldwide but um, other countries you know the age of consent and the age of people in porn is lower so you know you can buy 
Tracy Lord's movies and box sets and stuff on in in like uh, I don't know European countries and places like that. So you had that. You had the seventies. Uh, Jamie Gillis, John Holmes. Uh, then you had the eighties. Like I said, all the you know that's like for the guys like Peter North and uh, I'm trying to think who else. T.T. Boy. <laughs> I'm trying to, Randy West and these guys like that. Mark Wallace. Uh, and then, like I said, Ginger Amber, Christy Canyon, uh, Tracy Lords, uh, Portia Lynn, I'm, and, and this, you know, different people like that. Uh, and then you go into the 90s, and, and, and the nine, I think the 90s, you still, they still were producing porn to be, like, purchased, whether maybe, this is, like VHS and DVD, but mostly on uh, what I remember from the '90s when computers first started out was they had the um, the websites where you had to join the person's website. You joined their website, and um, they had a lot. There was a lot of amateur shit that that became real popular. And um, then you had the the website like uh, you would have. This, these swingers that would do their own and they made a shitload of money because they used to do news stories about it, how these people would have sex online uh, and if you joined their site, they made a shitload of money and uh, then the, the swingers they would get together and they, they would like have like a group they would have where you might have five or six couples and they had like a almost like a little network and if you joined you could see them and they do stuff together and everything but but then when and and I'm still I know it's they make profit and make money off of the advertisers it's like YouTube or whatever where you get people how many hits you get on their site because when that Phase when it went away as quickly as it came. There were some people that made a shitload of money right then, and then it it almost virtually disappeared because they started putting out all these sites like they have now, where everything's free. You can watch anything. You can watch the seventies movies, which some of them are an hour and a half long, a full length movie from the seventies uh, for free. Everything's free, and you can find anything, any fetish, anything, anything like that. Um. Again, like a drug, like I was talking about legalization of this and that. It's almost like prostitution. It would be, you know, there's there's a, a really good case for legalizing prostitution because then you take the the uh, danger and the criminality out of it with pimps and with people exploiting people. Like when they made Deep Throat and well, Marilyn Chambers in the seventies too, and Linda Lovelace. But say like Deep Throat and Insatiable and Behind the Green Door and stuff like that these guys made these movies like the Mitchell brothers made behind the green door, Marilyn Chambers, the the girl off the ivory snow, you know, box or whatever. And, uh, they made like deep throat and, uh, behind the green door. They made documentaries about it that you would think, Oh my God, they're almost like the Peter Fonda or the Roger Corman or whatever of, of movies. Cause they were independent movies and they made a shitload of money. But when they would put these movies in these, um, movie theaters because of course you didn't have VHS and you couldn't watch this shit at home unless you had a little like I said a, a, a reel to reel most people you would have to go to a dirty movie theater and when Deep Throat came out you know you sell the documentary about that and there's people like Jack Nicholson and, and these people uh, going and, and like 
moms and dads and stuff going to a regular movie theater to see Deep Throat. They're like, this is real sex and everything. They had a story and everything. <clears throat> or behind the green door. But when these guys would have to put these movies all over the United States, like like uh, Tom Laughlin with Billy Jack or or uh, Walking Tall or uh, Making County Line or or these Roger Corman movies and drive-ins, you had to sell them to the drive-in, the people that own the drive-ins. Well, they would have to sell them to these uh, porn theaters, and the porn theaters were run by the fucking mafia. And if you watch um, the movie Iceman with Michael Shannon and uh, James Franco about uh, Richard Kuklinski, that was one of the things that hit, was his big money maker when he was in organized crime and stuff. And how he got noticed was he would take these porn movies and he would bootleg them, and then he they would put them in these theaters and stuff. But the guys that that uh, made these movies, uh, the first you know the the initial ones that were like like I said behind the green door and uh, Deep Throat and stuff like that, they got fucked because the 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 mafia guys would come in and take all the money and what are you going to do you know you're this little you know fucking uh movie director or whatever and of course the uh the girls and stuff they're not going to go plus back then it was illegal and if you were shooting you know like Seika if you, you, there's some there's a few of the classic porn stars like Seika's book was really good and it's and it's really uh, realistic, like she doesn't sit there and say, "Oh my God, this was so good." Oh, I love this and that. She'd say, "You know, hey, you know the 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 cum shot or whatever." She goes, "I always, you know, she would act like she was in ecstasy, but she said I always thought it was disgusting, you know, and I hated it." Um, but um, you know, I think the uh, a girl Serena, who was during that era with Jamie Gillis and Seika and all this, um, she wrote a book. She's kind of a little hippie. And always has been, still is, even though she's like probably seven years old now. Uh, I know Linda Lovelace wrote a book, and it was pretty uh, disturbing because Chuck Trainer and all that shit. And of course, they made that movie Lovelace um, just, eh, I don't know if it's 10 years ago or something like that. I thought it was pretty good. Uh, 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 Skarsgård played Chuck Trainer. It was okay, but um, it could have been a lot better, I think. Uh, Boogie Nights was way better. There's been a couple of movies about like that that uh, the, that time and that industry and everything. Um, like I said, I, when I was saying about like the the uh, legalization and everything, um, there's so much. I was actually talking to my dentist and his hygienist and stuff about about this. Uh, we got off on this topic and uh, uh, not. I can't remember what we were talking about. And he actually brought it up. He said that. Uh, he saw a show, like I don't know if it was a documentary or it was an article he read. Maybe it was like some kind of a medical thing that he was reading, um, where they said a lot of young people today, you know, you used to always hear that 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 people were becoming warped by watching too much porn because they think, especially young kids, they think that that is the way that real life is, and you have to explain to them, you know, listen, this isn't. This is a porn movie, you know, when you the pizza man shows up, like, you know, every girl's not going to be like, oh my God, and you end up fucking them every different way from, you know, whatever. <clears throat> now, I think the culture has changed because of it, and it's become more open and more to experiment and to do different things and not, you know, like I was saying about the different things. One of this one girl that I, one of the f- girl that I dated, we were both really young and everything. She only like either missionary, me on top, or her on top. And that was it. No oral sex, no nothing. She, you know, but that was, 
the, it was a generational thing. You know, now the kids today watch everything and they've seen everything, and so they're more apt to not be like, "Oh, this is the devil if you do it this way," or "This is horrible." If it pleases both people, and you know, it's fun and it feels good and it's not hurting anybody, and both people agree to to do it or try it or whatever, then what the fuck? But there, you know, there's a certain you know, the, like the puritanical thing uh, that everything's dirty and you know this and that and you know nudity's dirty and sex should just be nothing but love and uh, again another thing from my past uh, was uh, the one girl I was dating said I don't fuck I make love and literally I mean if you said oh my god you know. Uh, whatever she would like stop in the middle of sex and like be like i don't fuck i make love and you know so it was kind of like now i look back and i was like okay that's her thing or whatever and that's how she was brought up but as to me it was very naive and very um also very but 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 also in a, in a way it was also um i shouldn't say naive but um Someone who is uh, very innocent at the time. We neither one of you do. You don't know anything. I mean, I knew some stuff because I watched some fucking porn. You know, <laughs> I was I would have read some VHS or whatever. But anyway, um, I don't know if I choose from one to the other. Uh, what's good and what's bad? Like I said, it looks better now. Uh, some of the the camera work and everything is is well. Some of it's better. Some of it's worse. Some of it's really shitty. Um, but the people were more fit. They looked better. I know that the they say that the uh, you know the people were tested and everything. And here, there's been a couple times where they've actually had some scares where like the you know the one guy they found out he had herpes and he was lying on his test and he was giving these girls herpes and they and then they've had some AIDS scares, HIV scares when that the, the big HIV you know uh, epidemic was coming up and they shut down the whole fucking industry. I think a lot of the um, criminality as far as like the organized crime and stuff has probably went out of it since it's become more mainstream. Of course, they don't go and find out where they're having to shoot and arrest everybody like they used to in the 70s. Uh, but again, uh, I read an article one time about I'm trying to think what the guy's name is, like Jesse I don't know if it's what's his name, Jesse James or something like that. There was a guy here recently, they did the Rocco Sofredi um documentary which was on netflix very interesting because i mean that's a almost like the movie shame with michael fassbender it's it's almost like a a realistic portrayal of a a a guy who's a sexual has a sexual addiction and his job was having sex but it became such an addictive thing it's a very interesting documentary now you got to watch watching that documentary like with somebody who doesn't know because they show sex in it you know um, but it's it's not just like a porn movie or anything it's they show them on the set and they're showing some stuff but it you know it's just brief things of this and that uh but he became so immersed uh sex became his drug and almost like a drug addict he's married has a very beautiful nice wife and everything but he would go and Almost like I said, like fat. Not almost. It's the exact same thing. Like fastbender in shame, he would seek out kinkier and kinkier stuff, more violent, more kinky, uh, anything to. It's like a heroin addict. The the first time you take a little bit and you're like, oh my god, and then the next time or the next time it 
that little bit doesn't do as much. So you got to have more and more and more. And then maybe you're speedballing or you're doing this. And that's how Rocco was. Um, and so you have that. The guy, because Rocco actually commented on the article that I was reading about this. And I can't remember what the guy's name is. I've seen him before. Um, I'm trying to think. Nah, that's a girl. It's oh, shit. Um. Anyway, but um. Well, wait a minute. I know what they are. Uh, who one of the girls was? Uh, let me see if I can find it because I want to say what his name is. Um. The guy's name uh, is James Dean. He goes by the name James Dean, but not D-E-A-N, like the movie star James Dean, but D-E-E-N, I think. Um, He is known for kind of a good-looking young guy and everything, but he's known, I think, for doing these really rough sex scenes. And Rocco was known for that, too. And I remember one time Rocco... He most of his movies were his early movies, like in the eighties, were mainstream. I guess like American movies and stuff like that. But back then, you didn't know who Rocco was. But when he started producing his own stuff and the European stuff, he would it's like a lot of really rough and um, degrading uh, the women, and you know, uh, but really rough and stuff like that. But of course, in the fucking movies, they're enjoying it and shit. Um, but that's this James Dean. He's like a, it's kind of one of these guys that like a, what was the one guy? There was a guy that was married to, or he wasn't married to her, but he was dating her. He was like a guy that was supposed to be like the next Rocco. And uh, there was two guys that were supposed to be like the next Rocco. And they were like, did these really rough scenes where like Loaf said he always hated when the girls are like, they're choking him and like, and all this shit. Um, but the one guy was uh he dated belladonna which was funny because bringing it back around when i watched inherent vice this one part uh joaquin phoenix's character is in his office which is in a fucking doctor's office and uh this girl comes in and i'm like holy shit who the fuck's that she kind of reminded me of one of my ex-girlfriends who had short dark hair and she walks in and she sits down i'm like that girl looks familiar who the fuck it was fucking belladonna the porn star who was known for some pretty extreme shit um but I can't remember what her real name was. I looked it up, and it shows her real name. But she was in that movie, uh, Inherent Vice. Um, but um, this guy dated her, and he was like a real rough guy, too, like that. But this guy, James Dean, is the new guy from like this era. And apparently, uh, this uh, one porn actress, Ashley Fires, uh, and some other ones said, you know, he like, is almost like a rapist. Uh, even when the scene's not going on or whatever and he comes over and like he wants to have sex with them and like they'll be in the middle of a scene like okay even if you're making a fucking porn movie i think you know probably what the the main thing was okay this is a movie you're an actress you're an actor this is what you're supposed to do in the scene well say you're in the middle of a scene and this is one thing i read about rocco in an article one time was he came one of his first big American movies when he became famous for being himself. Like I said, he was kind of like just one of the 
a guy with a big dick in the early, in the eighties movies. You really didn't know who he was, but then he became actually famous for being like you'd get a movie because it was a Rocco Sofredi movie, whereas before you would get a movie because of who the chick was. You wouldn't even know who the girls were in these movies, but Rocco they would be good looking, but you know you because Rocco had his certain style. You know, like I said, if you liked uh, rough kind of sex or whatever. So anyway. In the movie that he was in, I'm trying to think which one it was, it was one where he was doing a, a, a movie with some, like, big name, probably early 90s uh, American porn stars. And I remember this one girl said she, because like halfway through the movie, I think Rocco's wearing like fucking sunglasses all the time. And what it was, was he was fucking this girl in a scene and I can't remember if he was slapping her across the face you know you can like playfully slap but then in some of these fucking movies like I said you can find anything online the guys are slapped like slap the girls really fucking hard uh, if they agree to that that's fine but I can't remember what he did to this girl if he was choking her or if he was like doing it like really hard and she told him to stop and he just kept like not slapping but like he was fucking her and he was doing it really hard and and it hurt or something and she's kind of telling him to stop and he kept doing it well she fucking punched him right in the fucking face and gave him a big black eye so he had to wear sunglasses but sort of, this is sort of like what I was talking about and Rolf, Rolf opened up this can of worms because I had just read this article like a couple of days ago and this girl Ashley Fires she's a you know, porn star writer, and she, it says James Dean faces more troubling allegations porn star actually Ashley Fire says he almost raped me. Well, the thing is, if you are in a in a movie, just because this person's a porn star, you're doing a scene. That doesn't mean like after the scene's over, that you should be able to come over and, you know, like grab him by the fucking like Donald Trump, grab him by the pussy, or come over and like be all over him or whatever. They might be like, hey, their boyfriend might be sitting over there or something. You know, there it's a movie. So a lot of I mean, it's 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 a fucking movie. They're playing a part. You know, say what you want. You're having sex, whatever. But still, uh, and that's the same thing within the scene. You agree, okay? Uh, I agree that I'll that you can do this, but I don't do anal sex. Well, then you're halfway through the scene, and what if the guy starts trying to do? You know, they, they you know get pissed, say fuck you, hey asshole, you know. So that you're you're doing something like I was saying about just actually having sex. If you both agree to something and you enjoy it, that's fine. But this is a person doing something number one you told him not to do and you know whatever so anyway in the article i think even rocco chimed they interviewed him and he said that this guy has gotten to where it's almost like he's believing his own shit uh like when they would say you know like when they say a regular actor um, say he's playing a tough guy all the time. Say like Wesley Snipes is playing a tough guy in Blade and in Demolition Man and and all these movies where he's kicking people's asses. Then he goes to a club and he thinks, you know, everybody's seen him fucking do all this karate and stuff and he's a badass. And, da, 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 da. and then he goes to a club and gets in a fight and a guy beats the shit out of him. Like when Chuck Zito beat the shit out of Jean-Claude Van Damme in a fucking bar. For real. You know, you think, you've seen Jean-Claude Van Damme beat the fucking shit out of a million guys in movies, and he obviously knows martial arts, and he was, he did kickboxing or whatever, uh, you know, for real. But when it comes down to it, a fight, a real fight, no rules, you know, who gets there the fastest with the most, and, you know, uh, whatever, and he got shit beat out of him. And that's sort of the way this guy was. I think he, 
and like Rocco had said, it got to him where you're doing such extreme stuff, and say you're in a movie, and you and and the girl, the actress in the movie actually is into S and M in real life, and she gets off on it. She says, "Yeah, you know, spit in my face, slap me, you can choke me, you know, you can you know pull my hair really hard or whatever." And they get used to doing that so much that, you know, what if you go home and your wife's there and you fucking grab her by the hair and she's like, you know, you fucking piece of shit. And you ever touch me like that, I get on beat the hell out of it. Well, I think he got, the way they were saying in the article was what he kind of got that way to where he was doing that shit so much and that he was becoming more uh, aggressive and violent and, you know, coming on to people and, and, you know, that didn't welcome his advances or something like that so anyway that's something that can you know be like a bad thing about but there's good you know you can abuse anything and you know like drugs or alcohol or gambling or whatever um what's rolf's other questions here vintage porn present day or i think you know i i really i think the older stuff is better because there's that build up and there's more of a story and you have like a little bit more it's not just hi how are you and bam 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 fuck 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 in the mouth and the ass and the pussy uh double penetration double like in uh was it clerks or or uh one of those movies the comedy thing was like triple anal and all this stuff they do so much and like stick your whole box put a boxing glove on and shove it up somebody's asshole um so the older stuff um probably better and more you know I don't know. Uh, let's see. Plus, who do the, uh, the best starlets of each decade? Uh, females are enough. <laughs> are enough. Um, again, I remember when we had a, a, a dog, like a, it didn't just show dirty movies because I saw Texas Chainsaw Massacre there, like fucking Bronco Billy, Blade Runner. Um, trying to think of other movies that I saw with this, this drive-in, but they showed... Uh, "Quote unquote dirty movies after a certain time or whatever on a certain night or whatever, and I remember we thought that they were hardcore movies, but but what it was was it was like seventies and early eighties porn, and they didn't show any penetration, they didn't show any money shot or anything like that, but it was still you know hell when you never seen anything you're like man that's fucking pretty good, um, the ones that that I remember seeing out there because this was like when I turned 16 and I could drive and I'd sneak out there and go see a fucking dirty movie um, Desiree Custa, which they just put out Pretty Peaches on Blu-ray uh, I, when she was in that movie I just thought she was just so cute and and she actually played kind of like a daffy kind of a I love Lucy like kind of a funny character it, 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 it was almost like more kind of like a comedy but a porn you know whatever and she had the big boobs and everything it was really you know bubbly and everything and Seika inside Seika Seika is Tara uh, and I'm trying I saw one called Bad Girls and Bad Girls 2 <laughs> I'm remembering these because there was only a couple of them that I actually went out there and saw um, but uh, another one, uh, my dad had porn movies, or not movies, but like magazines. So you would see in the uh, and and in the in the uh, newspapers where you would go to when everybody read the newspaper. Like you get the morning newspaper, and then they have one in the evening, and you get to the one page in the paper, and it would have them the movie listings and I cut a bunch of them out. I still have ones for like Billy Jack, Walking Tall, uh, Magnum Force. I put them in a scrapbook. I'm trying to think the Master Gunfighter, which was the movie that. They uh, like a movie that Tom Laughlin, who 
made the Billy Jack movies made, and it was a uh, it was based on a samurai movie, uh, and it took place in um, um, oh shit in California, like Monterey maybe, or somewhere. It was I think it was close. It was back when uh, I think California was still a Mex part of Mexico maybe or something, but it was like a western. But it was mostly uh, Ron O'Neill, who played Superfly, was in it too. It's a good movie to check out, and and that was the movie that w- I watched a samurai movie from like the '60s or seven, early '70s, maybe. It's probably '60s, black and white samurai movie. And I was like, I've seen this. I know I've seen this before. Well, what it was was Tom Laughlin. That was a either a classic samurai movie or a samurai movie that had come out that was really good and he made it into a western uh so anyway let's see but but what i was saying was like my dad would have like these hustler magazines and stuff like that or you would see the the ads and the thing and another um woman that i liked that was like uh she was like the big new star was veronica hart and she's been in I think she started producing her own movies when she got older and stuff when she became like you know in like her 40s or whatever and i'm thinking that she might have been in some mainstream i remember the movie uh 52 pickup with roy scheider and ann margaret that like Lynn was in that and who directed that because seika said that she was supposed to, was going to be in that movie they wanted her to be in the movie and um the director tried to because he figured well she's a porn star so she likes to have sex and she she would just fuck me for nothing and let's see that was, was that that wasn't Friedkin was it um but he tried to fuck her and she told him to go fuck himself she said I may be you know I was John Frankenheimer she tried to Harvey Weinstein he tried to Harvey Weinstein her like casting couch and she was like I don't need this shit you go fuck yourself motherfucker you know, just because I do adult movies doesn't mean I'm like a, you know, a, it will screw anybody. Uh, so they ended up, I think they got Amber Lynn, and I, I'm trying to think who else is in there. Sharon Mitchell was in several, was in a, at least a couple of movies. She, I know she was in, I think she was in Night of the Juggler. And, shit, there was another one. Um, crap. Because there's some adult actresses from that time that you will see like you'll be watching um wasn't it, it wasn't night of the juggler it was something else oh um well jamie gillis the he was in uh nighthawks with stallone and he played uh lindsey wagner's boss who was always like i think hitting on her I think it might have been Night of the Juggler. I just remember one movie where um, I was watching it, and here's Sharon Mitchell out on the street, and I think she was playing a hooker, and she actually had a had a line. Now Jamie Gillis actually, you know, he had he had uh, you know for mainstream porn guy Sharon Mitchell. Yeah, she was in Night of the Juggler. Um, Serena, who I was talking about just a little while ago, was in um, Hardcore with uh, George C. Scott. And I thought, like, uh, Season Hubley in that actually looked like Serena, and then here she... They did, they had, like, a scene at a at a porn shoot or something, 
and it was like a, I don't know if it was a threesome, it was like a group thing, and she was in that. And I'm trying to think. I, I know that um, Ashlyn Gear has was in several movies, and then uh, that Arbola, he was in one of those uh, cannibal movies. I don't know if it's Cannibal Holocaust, but he said like he they did one of those documentaries because it's become more mainstream so a lot of the the people that you would have never heard of unless you were reading like a dirty magazine or something interview which who knows if they were even real now they're doing these documentaries and stuff and you'll see them on netflix or on itunes uh you know life after porn and this and that um but um he was making these movies under his real name and then he said as soon as soon as the people would find out that he was that he was a porn star or he made porn movies, he couldn't get any work. They would just say, you know, we're not going to hire you anymore or whatever for anything. Um, but there's been, and, uh, let's see, I'm trying, Tracy Lords kind of tried. She was in that uh, Zach and Mary make a porno or whatever. And um, she made some straight-to-DVD shit after she got out of... Uh, Oh, uh, Sharon Mitchell was also in Maniac with, uh, what's his name, Spinell. Uh, but Tracy Lords, you know, was not a good actress. She, she was, and Zack and Mary makes a porno. She was good because she was playing a, you know, a porn star or whatever. But uh, um, you watch some of those, like, uh, straight-to-DVD things that she made after, right after she... Uh, got out of uh, porn and they're not very good <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of, well Ginger Lynn was in um, Devil's Rejects and that was after she got kind of big uh, and looked really old um, but like Rolf's question best starlets of each decade like I said the 70s you had uh, Marilyn Chain. well of course uh, Linda Lovelace was a big name but that was just because of Deep Throat and she you know, so she didn't want to do porn. She hated it and everything. But like Marilyn Chambers, um, Seika, Desiree Cousteau, Veronica Hart, um, Annette Haven was really pretty. But Seika said she was a fucking bitch. Desiree Cousteau already said her. Uh, they said she was like a. She said she was a total nutcase. You'd be on the set and um, she would just start crying, like just start bawling and run out of the room and run in the bathroom or whatever and, and they'd be like Jesus you know what the fuck's going on and two seconds like you know she'd be in there for like ten minutes or something and she'd come out and she'd be like okay guys I'm ready to go you know like that's what somebody said I was telling them that story and said yes she went in there and did a bump a cup of coke or whatever and then you know I guess all the anxiety went away um but like I said Seika's book if you read it she talks about the people she liked working with people she hated working with the one guy um I can't remember what his name he was like a uh, one of the big stars in the seventies and she hated him cause she said he was like real rough and he was, he was like an asshole, uh, kind of treated the girls like shit. She said, now you hear, if you watch, there was a documentary that actually came with, um, Wonderland, the Val Kilmer movie that they made about John Holmes, um, and the Wonderland murders. Um, and they interviewed people that worked with John Holmes and you had two different things. Now, Seika said she really liked him and she said that he was really gentle he was really kind and he would like talk to him say you know uh, would you like to do this would you like to do that That'd be, and he really like cared if they felt good and 
uh, not just with the sex, but like everything. And then I think, but I think the the Jekyll and Hyde thing with him was when he started doing drugs and he started becoming like a, a big, uh, like a, a, a cocaine addict. And then just like every other addict, he, you know, you can't believe a goddamn word they say. They lie, they steal, they cheat and everything. And so you had some people that said he was a total piece of shit and that he stole stuff from people's purses on the set and this and that and was doing drugs and everything and then of course you know he ended up getting uh, hiv and aids and stuff and he didn't tell anybody and he was doing i think there was one movie that he did in italy with um that's cicialino or whatever the italian porn star that ran for like public office over there i can't remember what she ran for if it was like the president, the fucking president of Italy or whatever, but he did a, a movie with her and Amber Lynn and he had fucking AIDS and he knew it. And, uh, so anyway, um, like I said, the eighties, um, Tracy Lords, Ginger Lynn, Amber Lynn, Christy Canyon, Portia Lynn. Um, there's so many of them, you know, it's hard to fucking remember. Ashlyn Gear was a real good one. I thought she was pretty good looking. Like I said, she did mainstream movies too. Um, then in like the nine, I think it was like in the late 80s, early 90s, that's when the girls started getting really good looking. And I think a lo- some of those were, and not that, like I thought we thought Seika was really pretty. Um, but, and then the 80s, the girls looked more like like college girls or whatever um in the early 90s you started getting ones that like there was this one uh girl uh vicka she just went by vicka v-i-c-c-a i think it's how you, i don't know how you pronounce it i thought that's how you pronounce it but she did movies and she did uh with this other girl nikita that uh and they were kind of like a team they'd make the movies together and you know but they were like fucking look like Cindy Crawford, you know, and these these uh, fucking supermodels. They were that good looking. Well, what it was is that was the I think the Eastern European, like when the fucking Berlin Wall came down and these girls were over there and they're fucking not making shit or they're pro- they might even been I don't know what, but they come over here and you know they they get it into fucking the guys are like, hey man, you're gorgeous. I'll put you in this movie, and so you started getting these stunningly good looking, and then like a, then you go from there. Then the next, I think the next big wave, and they actually did a, some. Um, I can't remember if it was enter. I think it might have been Entertainment Tonight, but I just remember on a mainstream show they actually did a segment about milfs and about how the big thing in porn that was starting up that was huge was everybody like wanted to see these women that were like 35 to 50 you know <laughs> they would be the 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 mature women or whatever you know and that was a big thing um nina hartley was huge in the in the fucking um in the 80s and i mean god she's probably still making shit now and she's a gilf <laughs> tom byron i'm looking at some of these people's pictures you know he, i'll say what you want about tom byron I, he was in a lot of a lot of fucking movies a lot of fucking movies now that guy what what a weird life and i know in another um, documentary they had one on mtv at one time they only showed it once um and it was like they went to fucking porn sets and we're talking to people and stuff and i th- and they had to show it after 10 o'clock and they had a disclaimer and everything it was on tv even though it was cable um but 
there was some of the stuff that was like the good and bad of it and and then even on dr drew's show celebrity rehab well he did one he did celebrity rehab but he also did one about sex addiction and they had a girl on there who was in porn and i mean you watch well mary carey was one she was on celebrity rehab i don't know if she was i don't think she was on the sex addiction it was more she was on drugs uh but the but the um the one girl I felt sorry for because she was like talking to him. She was like, Belladonna, I think, did it, was on like Oprah or something. And Sasha Gray was on one of those one time too. Oprah or Dr. Phil or something like that. And I remember the girl that was on the Dr. Drew about sex addiction, she was like crying. She said, you know, I never wanted to do this. She, You know, she was like a normal girl. Like who would, as a, as a I'm sure, you know, as a, a young girl uh growing up and stuff you want to meet a nice guy that's the man of your dreams and you know have have uh, kids and you know have a nice home and he treats you great and everything and she said you know that's what i want she goes i didn't she goes i never dreamt that i wanted to ever like have sex with like two guys at the same time or have somebody choke me or or uh you know have sex with strangers and, and she's talking about how embarrassing and that's like i think belladonna her thing was weird because it makes you think about like how psychologically there's Howard Stern used to always say when he'd have these porn star girls on there he'd always ask them if they were ever molested because he said you know if you're a stri- if you're a stripper or a porn star he goes it's like almost every one of them has had some kind of sex abuse where they were molested or something and um but Belladonna went on like Oprah or one of those shows and she was on there and she came out by her real name and everything and um she said you know she hated it she was uh, felt it was degrading and she was crying and everything but then like it was like a a month or so later or something like that she goes and she it's like mary carrie when she was on dr drew she was on there she was crying she said you know she wanted to change her life she she didn't she never wanted that she just did it for the money and and this and that and it was embarrassing for her family and blah 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 you know like savannah blows her goddamn brains out and uh she was a on you know coke addict but still that would have to be uh like savannah was on the mtv music award she goes up there with a fucking um axel rose and slash she was dating slash from guns and roses dated the uh, she dated Polly shore and dated some of these um uh i think greg allman and some of these you know rock stars and stuff but she got caught up in that you know being famous but those guys you would hear them talk about and she thought they were great and they would like basically say yeah she was a nice girl and everything but they were just fucking her they were just using her like they would a a groupie or whatever and she was stunningly good looking but if you saw her up on stage like that at the mtv music awards or you saw her in one of those movies and she's all made up she looked you know you're like oh my god she looks like a goddamn goddess you know this but then they would show pictures of her at during her porn career where she was at her mom and dad's house like home movies and she didn't have any makeup on she looked like you know young like really young girl and you know that all the innocence was there and i remember they i think that was the one they made a movie about her and she was so deluded by being in porn and she was doing coke and all this stuff that and she was going out with these famous 
rock stars and movie stars and stuff like that. She went home for Christmas, and here's her mom and dad and her little sister, who was in, like, junior high or something. And she pulls out a videotape and says, you know, oh, you know, I want to show you my my newest movie or something. And it's a fucking hardcore porn movie. And they're like, what the fuck? You know, and (laughs) it was just... It's weird how, you know, like I said, the people get caught up in in that or something. But anyway, what else does Rolf have to say? We're going off on a porn tangent here because of Rolf. Uh, Each decade. The new ones, like I said, there's so many damn... uh, Sasha Gray was a real big one at one time there for a while. And she she was in that uh, Soderbergh movie, uh, The Girlfriend Experience. And... (sighs) That's another one. It's almost like Patricia Arquette in that in that movie I was talking about, where uh, Beyond Rangoon, where they said, "Oh, she was wooden because her character was broken because of uh, the trauma she experienced, or whatever." And people said that about Sasha Gray, you know, in that movie. They said, "Well, you know, she's she's uh, you know professional prostitute. She gives the girlfriend experience, you know, call girl." And that she was wooden and kind of robotic because she was just going through the motions. And I was like, eh, I think she was just not a very good actress. Um, Let's see what else we got here from Rolf. Uh, Okay, second. Uh, uh, Second question. Now, goddammit, I was going to quit at 220, and now it's 3 fucking 20. Because the whole porn fucking tangent was like an hour long. Um... you may remember David Lynch getting a bit upset about people watching movies uh, on their, I quote, fucking phones. So what's your opinion? I've never watched a film on a phone and never planned to as I want to see what's actually, um, let's see, wait a minute, I'm, I can't see worth the shit anymore. My bi- I'm wearing bifocals. Uh, see, I want to see what's actually happening and even though I don't go to the movie theater anymore, I prefer to watch movie on uh, any movie on a big screen. I remember the day when I first watched movies on my computer about 20 years ago, which was bad enough. But even when, um, but even when the computer screens got bigger, I was so happy after finally managing to connect my TV to my computer. Uh, see, I also don't get the argument about people watching movies on their phones, as they can watch them uh, watch them while traveling. I don't want to watch. Uh, S-T-H. I don't want, maybe, I don't know if it says, I don't want to watch S-T-H. I'm, that might be a uh, misspell, like shit. I don't want to watch shit with a stranger, maybe, sitting next to me wondering what kind of weird shit I watch. I wouldn't go as far as watching porn in public, but uh, if you're a genre fan, it's uh, it's not that safe uh, to watch uh, his stuff in public. Okay. So enough, uh, give me your take, gents. Okay, I've never watched a, a farty greetings from Rolf. If you manage to read the uh, the mail title in proper German, I will send you a certificate. Fart. Okay, would that be... Rukmeldung? Rukmeldung. I don't know. That's a... I'm trying to get... I don't know. I, that's what I always say. It, so maybe I... I don't know if I'll get a, a certificate to fart. Anyway. Uh, um, I've never watched a movie on a phone. Uh, I've watched a, a lot of them on my iPad. And I got the biggest iPad. Well, I had the regular size iPad uh, when they 
you know first came out uh, and then I, I used that one so much that it got like an old computer it just got real slow um, I read comic books on it now and that's about all I have on it um, I got the the I, my iPad now is the biggest one they make um, and I don't sit at home watching movies on my iPad I watch stuff on my iPad like if I'm when I say traveling, I don't mean like on. Uh, I have watched a movie, a couple movies on an airplane on a five-hour fucking flight, um, and I'm trying to think what they were. I can't remember now. Um, but um, like, if I am staying in a hotel or something like that, now I'm like you, Ralph. I I would much rather watch a movie on the big screen in the theater, and I have two, you know, HD flat screen big TVs. Um, I was thinking about getting a really big one in, uh, you know, Ultra HD. I've been debating that. Um, but like I said, I use my iPad a lot, and I'll watch, you know, the, the Netflix and uh, iTunes movies on that. Um, so anyway, um, like I said, on on and I have the big iPhone, but it's just too small. I, I, and I would find with that, I would probably be doing it more like it would be something that I've already seen, and it would be more like I was listening to a uh, audio book, because that, with the, if the screen's that small, you know, like you said, you're missing out on so much. At least on the iPad, uh, the the big one that I have, if it's sitting right there on my lap, uh, you know, it's it's like I said for an iPad, it's a good size screen. As far as compared to a, you know, TV, no, but uh, you can you can see everything. Now, of course, like like I said, like Ghost in the Shell, yeah, I could watch it on my iPad, uh, but like I said, when I bought the Blu-ray at Walmart for, um, you know, Black Friday after Thanksgiving, uh, and I put it in that TV, down, I was like, man, I re- I really need to watch my Blu-rays and get some more new ones because, you know, some movies are. Like say you watch uh, my my dinner with Andre or my breakfast with Blassie, uh, where it's just two people talking and there's not that much going on. It's a, a, a lot of dialogue. I could see watching maybe something like that because, like I said, you're more just listening to it than you're watching. But something that's a visual spectacular visual display, or even you know even older movies. I mean, just something where like I'm just thinking Battle of the Bulge. You know where it's tanks and or Patton or something like that, or even Star Wars Battle of Britain, or you know even a, a a drama like The Godfather where you're seeing they take so much time to do the costumes and you know to make uh, the set look like nineteen uh, uh, nineteen late 40s early 50s new york or something like that or even something like rumblefish that is done in a um just the 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 way it's shot the cinematography and the camera angles and stuff like that yeah i i never have watched a, a movie on my phone so you know uh, i don't I, like i said i and even if I was like say on an airplane, if I'm sitting in a car or something, I'm usually with somebody. I'm talking now. I have said I I did say this and I did do it when we went to Horror Helm one time. It was like uh, the the one to Indianapolis was like maybe 
six and a half hours. I don't think it was seven. I think it maybe it was like six and a half. And I drove the uh, a couple times by myself. And the one to Cincinnati is like five and a half. Did that with Justin Oberholzer, the cinemasochist, uh, and also by myself. Well, when I was by myself, I had just watched uh, the Orson Welles directed and starring Orson Welles movie, The Third Man, with Joseph Cotton, Orson Welles. Um, and I, it's one of those ones where I watch it, and I'm so into it, like The Killing, or there's just been several movies, uh, uh, Ice Station Zebra here recently, where I just get into it, and I'm like, man, and I watch, like, like uh, Free Fire, I just watched. And for some reason, it just hits me, and I just want to watch it over and over. Uh, and I watched The Third Man. Another one was Incident at Loch Ness, which did, wasn't uh, directed by Werner Herzog, but he actually starred in it, and he played him. He played Werner Herzog. And when I went to um, went to visit Loaf, I can't remember if it was for a hockey game or wrestling or what, and I watched that goddamn thing. It just struck me that I really liked it, and I liked the different scenes and everything, and it just I I, I just loved it. And I watched it was on DVD, and I watched it over. I watched it in the hotel room, and I watched it a, a little portable DVD player and everything. Um, but I had the third man on my iPad. And I was driving, you know, on a four lane, and it's just, especially going through Ohio, I mean, it's just straight and flat. And uh, I wasn't watching it, but I was listening to it. I, I, like I said, almost like an audiobook, something that's very dialogue driven, you know, I can just put it in and just fucking sit there and listen to it, just like, I, especially when I, I mean, if I've seen the movie a bunch of times, because you know what's going on, and, as, and like that movie, it's uh, the music was really good in it. The Third Man, uh, the, I like the music in it, and uh, that's another one was um, Touch of Evil. That's another one that I watched over and over and over. It was just interesting. I liked the dialogue. I liked the characters. Uh, everything about it. So anyway, I'm just going off on another thing. But thanks for the feedback, Rolf, and um, keep it coming, man. Lots of porn talk going on, <laughs> and the and the movies that I actually posted. The 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 one thing with the, when I post, I remember when I was posting, um, they were uh, movie posters of old like seventies porn movies or eighties porn movies. And of course, on Facebook, you can't put anything that's any kind of nudity. But a lot of the older movie posters that were X rated triple x rated or whatever they weren't like to show anything because they had to be for them to put up in uh on the walls of the movie theater outside or in newspapers and stuff like that so you would see like a pandora's box with veronica hart or uh it was it wasn't pandora's box it was a takeoff on that it was pandora's mirror and it's just a picture of her looking in the mirror you know kind of looking seductively or whatever and um some of those posters are way more um, provocative and they're not showing anything. Whereas you get online and you look up, okay, this movie and uh, now and it's like box cover art and it's a girl with, you know, a big dick in her ass and, you know, whatever. So kind of less is more sometimes too. 
Uh, so anyway, I'm going to sign off. We are, you got a, you got the full length Sylvan Gold, three hours and 30 fucking minutes uh, because of Rolf. And Rolf, don't ever say that uh, we didn't give you fucking uh, your email some time or shit because like I said, uh, you got me off on the talking about uh, the subject of adult films and that added about an extra hour, which is fine. You know, like I said, it's, um, what time is it? 12.30. I got to get something to fucking eat and go to bed so you know we killed some time people and uh, i will talk to you later and hopefully the next episode will be loaf and i discussing some very ultra violent martial arts uh newer martial arts movies so this is dr zom and uh, wishing everybody ha uh, merry christmas happy holidays happy hanukkah uh you know i don't know hail satan whatever else you want to do or whatever and hopefully everybody's happy and healthy and uh again thanks for supporting the show i know a lot of you guys uh you know we got some new people talking on the group and um i think we might have added a couple of new people getting a lot of uh eastern european like either russian bots or something like that uh sending friend or uh, request to join the group and you look at their thing you know uh what groups they belong to and uh and uh, go to their page or whatever, and it's all in, like, fucking Russian and shit, so I'm kind of like, okay, nah, this doesn't look... And even, like, even if they would have, like, as groups they belong to, if it was, like, uh, genre cinema or Turner Classic Movies or something like that, I might even think about it, but, you know, you can just tell it's not it's not real. So anyway, uh, hopefully you guys have a, have a good, uh, happy holidays and, and, uh, keep watching some movies, keep, uh, you know, uh, giving us some feedback and also, uh, what's the goddamn fucking email? I just had it here a minute ago. Uh, that is, uh, Silva Gold Podcast at gmail.com. And that's not Silva and Gold, that's just Silva Gold Podcast at gmail.com. And we have the phone number, but God damn it, I don't know how to fucking get in there. <laughs> and I actually have a phone number down here, Loaf Galaxy Cinema, written at the top. So that was back when he was uh, at the uh, movie theater that no longer exists. So anyway, uh, this is Dr. Zom, and uh, hopefully we will be back soon. Zom. <laughs>